guys thanks for hitting download on the new blood rising podcast season five from sting to hogan we're in the midst of october of 91 and that means it's time to watch some halloween havoc we're gonna be looking at halloween havoc 91 today i'm william rinkin joined by jason keesler hey everybody charlie stabile good morning and here we are so it's been a bit but we closed up like uh we've got a We've got this uh, world champion and Lex Luger now, a heel world champion, which is cool, you know, kind of cool. Um, surprisingly cool, um, to be honest. Like, I don't, I never thought revisiting it, I would enjoy it this much. Um, just, do you guys have any initial thoughts kind of coming off last show? Like, were you, how excited, <laughs> how excited are you to hear Ron Simmons versus Lex Luger? And I'm curious what you guys think the over under is on football references because it's got to be massive. It, it is tremendous, but also full of baseball references um, because Game 7 of the 91 World Series is happening at the same time of this broadcast. And I think sometimes JR and Tony Schiavone are listening to it during a match. <laughs> Bring in Smoltz. Hi, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was that was... Um, that was something I was just... Uh, Charlie, I'm, I'm, were you... <laughs> Based after, because we we would we didn't rag too hard on the FSU Bobby Bowden thing last time, but <laughs> were you? What were you thinking going into this? Like, how football heavy was this going to be? Well, it's so <laughs> it's so goddamn heavy that these guys were teammates of now. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. Like now, there's a built-in backstory, like where they were partners in a different sport. I I didn't know that, you know. It's just like, well, this is a hell of a time to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they say they talk about baseball, which is fine. But I, I swear, anytime, anytime Tony tries to talk about sports, uh, Jr. just puts him down. Yeah, he nerd bullies him. Hardcore. He nerd bullies him. He's like, what? No, like he just shoots down any like kind of sports reference that Tony Schiavone makes. It's really weird. He's just Tony's trying to like be one of the boys, and Jared's like, "Nope, that's my domain, <laughs> my yard, <laughs> my yard." <laughs> it's all about respect. No, <laughs> this summer coming to Saudi Kip Arabia, up. Jim Ross, <laughs> Tony Schiavone. <laughs> oh, oh God. Um, uh, is so, there a rescue mission? Uh, they're a little late. <laughs> Salt on Devil's Island, starring <laughs> Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, <laughs> Arabian Nights, co-star. Yeah. Oh, with a K. <laughs> yeah, with a K. With a K. Yeah. Sorry, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Richard Karn. <laughs> wait, wait, Al? Yes. <laughs> Richard, oh no. Is, is all he's saying is, I don't think so, JR? <laughs> he's a real party pooper on the mission. <laughs> so, it turns out at the end is him. Their real name's Richard Khan Amin. <laughs> <laughs> Khan Amin! 
Uh, I'm so glad because I I don't know if I'm I'm sick. Charlie's tired. I have a speaker blown out on my phone, so William sounds like he's tired too. And this I feel like this poor show wasn't going to get the respect it deserves. But I'm glad we're off to a good start. Oh, yeah, and oh. so here we so it's always this, that's why I always love to do this at the head of the show. I'm glad that our buddy at Lincoln Phoenix provides this to us. It is the notes surrounding the time period a little bit. So here we go. This is October 27th, 1991. The number one movie in the U.S. Charlie, 10 seconds, take a quick stab at it. What do you think it is? Ernest Scared Stupid. Okay, Jason, what do you think? Um, you know, that's a damn good guess, Charlie, but... <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it ever hit. I don't think way. it was. Uh, 91, October... Uh, I have no clue. I'm brain farting. House Party 2 made $6 million. The Dude, Pajama Jammy Jam? Is way better than that. It's so much better. <laughs> and so switching to music, the week ending the 26th, the number one song in the U.S.? Quick, any anybody? Ice Ice Baby? Man, Don't treat me bad. <laughs> it is Emotions by Mariah Carey. Oh, uh-huh. And number one song in the UK? Uh, the Bartman. <laughs> I have no clue. It is the last week of being number one for everything I do, I do for you. <laughs> yeah! Hold on strong. And then um, number one song in Australia. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'll just say it. It's okay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> it's Rush by Big Audio Dynamite. What? You know, Big Audio Dynamite sounds like the name of a song that Rush would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't that's it? Good. That's like, good. I thought that's what you were going to tell me. I was like, I've never heard that Rush song before. <laughs> but that sounds like a Rush song. So let's talk about our rest... the... What's that, Jason? I was gonna say is it is, that sounds like something that would be on the subdivisions album because it's yeah like a, that's exactly beast their eighties like synth period. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's switch gears to wrestling. Our WWE World Champion, we said it was Lex Luger. The World Tag Team Champions are the Enforcers. The IWGP World Tag Team Champions are still the Steiner Brothers. The U.S. Champion is Sting. The U.S. Tag Team Champions holding it down are the Patriots, Firebreaker Chip, and Todd Champion. Uh, the six-man tag team champions are Big Josh, Dustin Rhodes, and Tom so, Zink. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I'd never put this together. So there's four tag team titles alone <laughs> that are circulating WCW. And we yeah. only ever see, like, two. On a and this is about to say, I never thought of it before. This is 1991. Like, WWE can't even compete with that now. <laughs> so quick... Quick note on the six-man tag titles. The York Foundation won the six-man tag titles on an episode of WCW Main Event taped October 8, but aired November 10, 1991. This win would mark would make them the final champions. The belts were retired on the 1st of, no- of December, 1991. We didn't even know you! <laughs> <laughs> and we never will! I love that belt. I still love that belt. I think it could be very useful still, potentially, today. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, still a waste, but I just always like the idea that there was a six-man tag title. I don't know. <laughs> um, and TV champion, that is Stunning Steve Austin. 
And the light heavyweight champion, that is vacant until tonight. And over on the WWF side, Hulk Hogan, WWF champion, Bret Hart, the Intercontinental champion, and uh, is this right? I don't know if the Nasty Boys are still the, are the champions. I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I think the LOD are. I don't think the Nasties won the belts back. I'll have to check on that. I should have looked at uh-huh. this beforehand, of, of course, but not doing my due diligence. But still, I'm just looking at it now, and I'm thinking... That may be LOD. I'm curious about that. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> you nail all four tag team champions in WCW, but the one tag team title in WWF. Oh, hmm. God, I can't Oh, God dang. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so let's dig into this show. Video package, very similar to last year's. In fact, it's it's very much the same template, uh, especially with the, the fade-in, fade-out profile picks with Kevin Nash having, like, the winner like he just <laughs> he looks <old>. yeah. <laughs> um JR and Tony they talk about the show and the mysterious WCW Phantom this will be a thread as well as the attack Barry Windham sustained that is preventing him from competing in the Chamber of Horrors match so now we go to footage we go to footage of Eric Bischoff <laughs> outside earlier in the day this is great production there are so yeah. many people involved in this and I, I just, I just want them to see all the cars backed up off camera. Yeah, like they all show up at the same time. Like C- Cactus Jack gets his parking validated. Yeah, Cactus Jack in a Cadillac, first of all, is phenomenal. Yeah. All of these cars, it's like they're cartoons because everyone's car, like car, kind of fits with them. And who is it? DDP and Scott Hall get out of that tiny like Corvette IROC C looking thing. <laughs> DDP buries Bischoff immediately. It's so funny. He's just, oh, they got your parking cars now? <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher looks like Milton from Office Space. You really You <laughs> <laughs> putting my stapler. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you guys mentioned Diamond Sudden, DDP. And then Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes pull up in a red Corvette. But Barry Windham is ambushed by the enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco. And it looks it looks good. They smash his arm in the car door and then run off. Dustin, thinking on his feet, just, oh, well, let me get in the driver's side. Let's go to the hospital immediately. <laughs> the thing is, though, man, like, it looks so good. But I was immediately taken out of it because of Eric Bischoff. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as the car speeds away, he goes, Oh man! What a way to start Halloween havoc! Like he just had his arm broken, you moron! All right, and and here's something great: they come back and keep telling us throughout the night that we're gonna have an update of Barry Windham. We never do. <laughs> we we never more about the World do. Series than we do about Barry Windham. Right. Right, because yeah, we know Dustin comes back. But yeah. He just left Barry Windham at the hospital. Hey man, I got a shot at the TV title. My grandma's here. Okay, Nana's oh, here. There's a target. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's got like you know he got Lou Gehrig's disease all of a sudden. It's like he just had a broken arm or something or a busted arm. Like it's, it's this wouldn't be impossible to update us. <laughs> Can he still do a kip up? <laughs> I love the fact that getting your arm slammed in a car door is like Lou Gehrig. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines from Ted. It's like, no offense, man, but I hope you get Lou Gehrig's disease. 
<clears throat> All right, so it, that brings us into our first match, and what a dandy it is to start off with this. It is the Chamber of Horrors match. It is Sting, Elegante, the Steiner Brothers versus Big Van Vader, the Diamond Stud, uh, Chainsaw, Cactus Jack, and Abdul <laughs> the Butcher. <laughs> and so... All right, Jason, there's a lot to unpack here, so take it away, take it whichever direction you want. If you want to do entrances, whatever, have at it, sir. Sure. I'm going to start off with the killer. I'm going right for it. We're back to two Ds on the Diamond Studs trunks. (laughs) (laughs) It's... I I don't know who's winning that fight, but it's great. Um, You know, at first when I saw it, I was like, man, what is going on with the camera lens that's on the inside of the cage and that's when we get introduced to the referee cam uh, so we get this great first person shooter referee simulator throughout the entire night um, <laughs> I like that, that since it's Halloween Vader doesn't wear a mask um, and I mean like there's, there's there's not a lot of notes to take inside because there's so much going on but really, there's nothing going on. The best part is when the electric chair almost pins Cactus Jack and the cage wins the match. That would have been great. Um, the All right. <clears throat> then there's this random dude who bursts out of one of the caskets. Is that the WC? <laughs> no. I love this guy. Who is this man? Dude. And it, it seems to be a non-factor. <laughs> At all. Hey, who's who's that? Oh, well. No one's well, and especially like that, especially when your first guy you encounter is Scott Steiner. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, you come out there, Scott Steiner. And I love the Rick's going to check the other casket. <laughs> it better not be a dude over here. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but then, towards at some point in the match, I don't know when, but we get the craziest sense of foreshadowing ever as the lid of a casket busts. Mick Foley's head open in a cage match. Hmm. Ah. Where is he going to be at seven years later? And he's still talking about it this fucking day, apparently. Um, yeah, I was never the same. <laughs> I love that. When, are you talking about when Sting just chucks it in the air? It's amazing. <laughs> yes. The, the, the sound it makes. And you hear this kind of crunch, too. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but that's okay. Because Scott Steiner is about to make sure that casting Jack is okay. <laughs> As he shows him why you don't use Scott Steiner's credit card to you to pay for paper porn at the Holiday Inn, because that is a whack and a half. It is a murderous <laughs> shot. Like it is, and he looks at him afterwards like, "How you like that, huh? How yeah. you like it?" That's not a "Are you okay?" That's the fuck you are. <laughs> I mean, Cactus so, just collapses into himself afterwards. <laughs> yep. So we have eight dudes in the ring not counting the referee, the camera guy, and old extra mask man, who for some reason is handcuffed to the cage to make sure he's a non-factor. <laughs> but So there's eight wrestlers, over 2,600 pounds, as Jim Ross likes to tell us, and all eight competitors decide to take a rest spot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a long rest spot, too. It's like a minute. <laughs> Um, so right before the rest spot, I noticed that someone hits the cage and the switch falls on the, the executioner thing. We didn't even go over the rules of this match. I just jumped right it's in true. with all the greatness. It's true. Switch falls 
and so I know you got to, you know, the whole point is someone's going to get electrocuted in this chair of torture. Um, and it would have been so bad unless you have a tiny man the size of uh, Pee-wee climb up on the cage and try to flip the switch and tape it back. And also the cameraman, the brave cameraman that Jim Ross calls that's in the ring because we need a camera guy and we got Nick Patrick walking around in a helmet. Uh, the camera guy doesn't take the camera off Pee-wee trying to fix the switch. And it's awesome. It's just like, pay no mind to this, even though it's right here. I just, it, great. Um, and then, so we get the end. So let's just move on to this. Rick Steiner, we'll call it a belly to belly. <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher into the chair of torture. Uh, and then he climbs on top of him to hold him down. While he's being set, which is great because the whole time Cactus Jack is just hanging on the side of the cage to flip the switch, doing whatever the fuck. I was so hoping that Cactus would flip the switch, that Butcher and Rick Steiner would have gotten electrocuted at the same time, setting up the plot for the greatest body swap movie of all time. <laughs> Oh, wow. Rick Steiner and Matt the Butcher somehow swap bodies, and it still ends with the Steiner brothers owning Shoney's. But, you know, it would be great. Um, the ring's on fire. The ring's on fire, which is always good stuff. I don't know what it was because, you know, there was serious flames, but there's no holes in the ring. Someone just puts it out. Uh, this thing, as for as much notes as I didn't have about what's going on in the nitpick, it was hilarious. I, 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 but I mean, you know, it's still a bunch of crap. I, I give it a five. Right on. Charlie, what'd you think, man? Well, I was completely thrown when I saw that this was going to be the first match. Uh, you know, I was like, all right, let's get settled in for some Brian Pillman. And then, you know, I see like these big name guys coming. I'm like, oh, no. So uh, I watched this with headphones, and uh, the Diamond Stud comes out, and camera leaves him. So I think whoever was coming out after him starts coming out, and you can still hear Diamond Stud talking uh, <laughs> over the over the other music and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, and he actually says, yeah, "I'm the bad guy." <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's really driving that home literally every single show. So this referee cam, which has it's got to be the quickest turnaround of going from this is really cool to I wish this would go away. Uh, it, it happens probably within about a minute for me because, and it's really uh, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Like anytime the referee cam comes up, like when we're, we're looking at that angle, JR has to tell us what we're, what we're looking at. It's like, it's like everyone's like tuning into Halloween havoc at the exact same time. And it's whenever it's whenever the referee cams on, he's just like, Oh, that's that referee. Uh, oh, that's the other part. JR can never remember what it's called, <laughs> even though it says it on the bottom left-hand corner. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the uh, the referee. Uh, it's on Patrick's head there, and it's like, all right. So the the problem with these types of matches, like Jason pointed out, is that it's kind of hard to take notes for them because uh, they're it's basically just a big clusterfuck. So you kind of have to pick and choose like what you're looking at, and for whatever reason, my eyes immediately went to El Gante doing a front chancery. <laughs> for <laughs> what felt like about a minute, minute fifteen, and I'm like, holy shit! A front chancery in a cage match. Not that's, it's not good. Uh, l- let's talk about these. Uh, let's talk about these ghouls. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about <laughs> these ghouls. These uh, 
anytime I see guys like this, I'm like, power plant. You know, it's just like, here they come. And and they're wearing this. That's not even makeup, I swear. It's powder. Uh, they're wearing this kind of white powder on their face, and they've got a stretcher because apparently whoever uh, gets in the, ch- in the chair of torture is going to die, and they're going to go into the <laughs> ring and, and take him out on the stretcher. I'm just like, this is wild. <laughs> so here we go. Like, that's about to happen. Um, but let's talk about like, basically like you guys covered the other stuff. Oh, I do love I do love that guy. I, I totally forgot. To, that's how insignificant that interference was, is that I never wrote anything down about it and I forgot about it. It's like if you if if you started imagine revenge, and right as you hit A, you realized, oh shit, I forgot to turn interference off. <laughs> so you're kind of just waiting for that other guy to come out so you can just spear him and jackhammer him and just and he just like okay I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was always last Larue, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it never makes sense who's coming to the ring ever. So like once like and I love that they had handcuffs like on the ready. Just in case, like someone tried to do this, so he's out of the picture. So let's talk about this finishing, um, which I've only seen it in highlights before, and it always looked kind of cool. And now I know why. It's because it was in highlights. Uh, this makes Cactus Jack look so fucking dumb. Um, he is doing this whole. I hate this. I'm trying to think of another example of, of when this has happened, where. Something is going on behind the wrestler, and they just refuse to turn around and look, and they'll just take the crowd's voices' words for it. Yeah, like uh, so he like Rick Steiner gets into the, the chair of torture, and Cactus is just kind of waiting for Abdullah to put the put the the hat on him. <laughs> what the hell? Like, like it's just, it's just stupid. But he's like, okay, just let me know when you're ready. And uh, and he just kind of stares at like the, the first four rows, like, how y'all doing? And Rick does this, uh, well, I guess it's a belly-to-belly. I mean, it, it's, it's more Abdullah jumping. But anyway, so he, he's able to reverse it. And uh, Cactus isn't looking back, doesn't really know what's going on. Finally, Rick, Rick gets him in there, and I guess Cactus was like, that seems like it's been long enough. And he flips the switch, and it's almost not comfortable <laughs> watching something like this but at the same time it's it's hilarious like i can't i can't make up my mind because you know it's pro wrestling and uh crowd doesn't even really know what to make of it and the match is over and abdul just kind of sits there and and the wrestlers are like okay i guess we'll just leave now (laughs) (laughs) which is so funny because it's like you know, my my brain immediately goes to if wrestling were real, and it's like that guy's dead, and everyone's just all right. Let's go, come on. We've and killed a man. We got to get the hell out of here. We got to get yeah. We got to cover it up. <laughs> and like no, there's no doctors. I'm like yeah. I don't think WCW had the uh, the Jerry Lawler doctors, you know, like working for the company at the time. Nobody comes out. Abdullah like gets possessed, wakes up, and let's talk about this because. I, I do not like Abdullah the Butcher. I think he's a fucking prick. And this really solidifies it. He is he is a prick. And so so he he gets his second chance at life after surviving the, the chair of torture. And what's the first thing he does? He gets out of the cage and realizes that the uh, the rampway is not complete for some reason. I guess they took the piece away. So the ring crew brings the uh, the, the connecting piece back and Abdullah kicks this motherfucker right in the head. 
like Shawn Michaels Vader style from SummerSlam. Like he's putting the, the thing in place and Abdullah just can't wait anymore. Kicks the ring crew guy in the head and it's bad. And then he sees those ghouls, which I'm like, yeah, just eat them too. And, and for every one that he punches, that powder just comes flying off the face. <laughs> and it's just, I, I like, is that why they wore the powder? Cause like it's for dramatic effects. Okay. And cactus Jack, who I didn't mention this, but when Cactus gets Abdullah to like wake up, he does a, he does mankind shit. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, but he starts making noises like mankind. It's really weird. He's like, wee, wee. You know, <laughs> it's just. <sighs> and then they kind of hug it out and we'll go back to the dressing room. It's just weird and, and, and not fun. Uh, I did not particularly like this match. I gave it a three. I, I've always this is a match I remember fondly as a kid because I remember renting Halloween Havoc '91 from the video store and I, I just always, this match was it, it was perfect as a kid watching. So you're like, what is this is un, this is unreal. And then of course the thing at the end happens, which, by the way, isn't it funny how like Jim Ross like describes what it's supposed to be and he goes he wants to get as close as he can to saying that it's going to kill the man, but he won't say that. <laughs> He'll just say like, oh, it's going to incapacitate him real bad. <laughs> and why can't so, they just say the torture chair? Yeah. The chair of torture. The, the electric chair. So here's the thing. If you could possibly be killed in this match, the enforcers did Barry Windham a favor <laughs> by breaking his arm. <laughs> you just got a broken arm. You got off easy one. <laughs> there's only one move that I really, really had to laugh at in this match because I've never seen a wrestler like this fast. Sting is so fast that he clotheslines Big Van Vader, and he immediately runs over to the rope, pulls it down, while Vader is still backing up and gets him to fall over the top rope. It's amazing <laughs> how fast he is, because normally a guy just clotheslines him, he goes up against the rope, then he's like, you know what, I'm going to bounce off the other side and pop this guy over the top rope. Referee's discretion, we'll get to that later. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the funniest little... And man, he is... Not, like, for being like the, the, the mega babyface... Sting probably uses that cane or that stick probably almost as much as anybody because he it, he breaks it over, I think, Abdullah's head. He just smashes. No big loss there. <laughs> um, uh, Charlie, I, what I, my note for the referee camera is like, it's just like watching a Paul Greengrass movie. So it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> How much tequila got in you? Maybe a little bit more. Now get on camera. Let's do it. Um, but um, I, there's not a lot, not a lot to, uh, I, not a lot more I can really add to it. I, uh, I, I, my rating for this is really just it, it's a nostalgia rating. I'll be honest because there it comes. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just prefacing it. <laughs> You're because buttering me up. I no, I, I, I ended up giving it a six. I did. I did give it a six, and it's uh, Charlie. Everything you said is valid. It's gonna be a long one. Because the funniest like, thing, like look, look, the, look at it this way: look how many great guys are in this match. We never like really mentioned Vader up until you. I know. Yeah. Like there's Vader, and nope. And it's just all right, you know. Like it sucks. It like, does. But I get it. I get but it. No one kid, like this would be interesting. There's a certain level of spectacle to this match, I, and. And I, yeah, so I, I get it. The um, it's all spectacle because no one can do anything for like three quarters of the match. So Jason, because that's that's what I wanted to talk about. That that second cage kills this match because they can't. All they can do is just wrestles and just brawling. <laughs> I do like that it just will will come down to the ring whenever we feel like it. Like 
It, it just starts coming down and Cactus almost gets crushed. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's, it reminds me so much of the empty arena match. Like, he, like, remembers this and is like, you know, I could beat a man doing this. I'm going to pin a guy with a forklift because I remembered what happened. <laughs> Chamber of Horrors match. Brilliant. Bulletproof fest. <laughs> Bulletproof fest. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. I was like, the, there's just no room to operate in this thing. But um, I, the, the thing about the finish, like, that thing with Cactus is so funny because the first problem is Abdullah, who's not a light man, not competing for the light heavyweight title tonight, is sitting on the halo, whatever, for lack of a better th- word, that goes on his head. He's sitting on it. So Rick has to, like, rummage under his ass to get it out. <laughs> It's just oh, so funny. Man, watch. I didn't I missed that. <laughs> but, all right. So uh Charlie you guys covered everything what happens afterwards with the ghouls. Tony I I Tony drops a dandy of a line here. He says, I guess he woke up, thought he was in heaven, and realized he shouldn't be there. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't yeah, catch right. that. He did say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's so mad. <laughs> I have. I think this line was just such a dandy that it. Jr. kind of loses composure for a bit. He doesn't. I don't. He loses control for a little bit, and he's like, you know what? Just throw it to Bischoff. Bischoff is dressed up as Dracula, and Missy Hyde, I guess, is dressed up as a showgirl. I don't. What do you guys? It, it, I, any other? I think guess? she's dressed up as Missy Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> that's making the highlight real. <laughs> that's a timestamp. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, I'll just say this, like, because I I wanted to put something out about on Twitter about this, but I just couldn't think of it because uh, it, it requires my words. So it cuts back to them, Bischoff and Missy, and and Bischoff just immediately goes into like a Bella Lugosi impression, and I'm like, how could this get any fucking worse? And then the Young Pistols walked in. <laughs> oh no! And both of them, I swear to God, it's like it's. It's it's like they're the two uh, like later down the line clones in multiplicity, uh, because <laughs> they, they're uh, they fuck up their promos in the exact same way. He's like he's, he, like I, I fuck it, like the first guy I don't even remember who it was. It's just like he just doesn't get the promo right, and the other one's like, all right, let me try mine, and he goes up and starts talking, fucks up in the exact same way, and just keeps barreling through it. Like, oh man, I like. I like Steve Armstrong's promo because I've never heard a wrestler use a <laughs> in a promo before. <laughs> he did. Okay, that made me laugh. I was like, what because, the hell and was that? Great because <laughs> when he's talk- and he goes, and Todd Champion with your what what he said, uh, Desert Storm Special Forces, <laughs> which is great since <laughs> over there, you know, his brother. And here's some guy going, Oh, that's me. I thought that it was fucking hilarious. It's like, it was like, oh, you know what? I love- ballsy. Very ballsy. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Don't you start trying to make me like you now, Young Pistols. It's a little late. <laughs> Only other bit from this is there the speculation over who the WCW Phantom is. Missy says she knows, and that's it. Like, I'm sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure she does. I just I I really was taken aback by the young pistols like all right we're you know what we're gonna be we're you know we're not even on this show but you know we're gonna come out and I know cut a heel promo and leave <laughs> so that leads us to Charlie uh, 
I'm curious oh my what your first reaction was when you saw this team come out. The Creatures, Weight and Height Unknown, versus PN News and Big Josh. Weight and Height Known. <laughs> <laughs> so PN News um, starts rapping, and I guess he forgot the words because he... <laughs> It's it's really sad. It, he has no rhythm. That's the best part. He he can't keep up with the rhythm, and it's <laughs> it almost kind of endears him a little bit. Uh, although this was got to be, I don't know if it's my favorite moment of the night, but it's got to be top three. Uh, I forget what the rhyme is exactly, but PN News says he ends it with something like, "It's not going to be over till the fat lady sings," and then the camera immediately cuts to two fat women in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Go immediately cuts to these two women and they're like, Woo! <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> oh man, it's like it's like the cameraman like had like the papers before PN News came out. He's gonna say fat lady. Oh man, this is gonna be great. Uh so Big Josh, we keep hearing about this this move throughout this match. It's called the Northern Exposure, which I <laughs> I immediately want to see what this is. You know, just like that sounds awful. (laughs) Let's see. Um, And all of a sudden, he uh, he yells timber. And I'm like, oh, is this it? And then it just turns out to be earthquakes move. (laughs) And I was was so like deflated when he did it because I'm like, you're not even half the size of earthquake, and that's your move. And the creatures, uh, this team. I, I, I barely remember them other than laughing while I wrote down their name. Uh, <laughs> All right. So do you know who they are? I, I, I well, I, I know it's not the, the Halloween Phantom, but uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, I can tell you real quick here. Just real. It is jumping Joey Mags, a.k.a. the guy who took the Sid stretcher bomb. <laughs> yes, he did. And Johnny Rich, a.k.a. the guy who took the Oz tornado bomb. Jobby Rich. <laughs> That's right. It's Jobby. <laughs> Wow. Well, this isn't working for me either. Um, this is, it's not, it's not very good, but I mean, it's, it's, it's passable. I, I gave it a four. Jason, what'd you think, man? I spent most of this match trying to figure out where I've heard the creature's theme song before. Oh, dude, 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 dude you're right. Psychosis. That yes. is something, that's something they use. Is it psychosis? Yes. Oh, well, there we go. Um, now that I don't have any notes. No, I'm kidding. I, I wasn't that distracted. <laughs> Two out of ten. That's right. Uh, it's not my fault. Uh, so Jim Ross talks about how weird of a pairing PM News and Big Josh are. Yeah, no shit. But Jim Ross, don't tease us with an odd couple-based tag team managed by Simon Neal. Oscar and Felix would be great. I'm sorry. That would just Simon be awesome. Neal. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're the... You two are the only people I know for sure that would get that. Uh, So (laughs) Simon (laughs) Neal, he's Vince's brother. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So, are we sure that Big Josh's kneeling Razor's Edge power bomb shouldn't be his finishing move? The Northern Exposure, because we only catch that like the last split second, and it looks nasty. That's what I assume it was. so it's just, I don't know, because you keep hearing, like, Charlie, it's over oh, the northern exposure. What is this going to be? Um, and then, uh, you know, Big Josh almost breaks PN News's neck, jumping on his back, 
while he's pinning the creature uh, to do his law roll, which should have broken the pin. And I was wondering, are we getting the big Josh heel turn that we've all been looking for? (laughs) (laughs) He just... You're a big man. I could feed my bears all winter with you. Um, I mean, like, Jesus. This, like, the... Why is this here? <laughs> it's, it's, right. You know, like, this doesn't... Like, I wish WCW... I can't wait for them to get out of the job jobbers on the pay-per-views. Like, it's cool for class champions. Jobbers on the pay-per-views need to go. Uh, but it still is fun. I gave it a three. Ha, not a two. <laughs> Real quickly, mm. we forgot to mention, Christine Valver is the what was the winner of the PN News Rap Contest. Yeah. Dude, she doesn't yeah. look like she's ever won anything. <laughs> doesn't look like she's ever what? rapped anything either. <laughs> what is it with these, like, with wit? It's not, it seems to be only ladies are winning these WCW poetry slash rap contests. That was Let's... a lady? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got pages. Would you stop, Brain? (laughs) (laughs) Old Simon Neal wrote that one for you. Good job, Charlie. With timing, it's quick wit. Quick note about the uh, uh, creatures. Philip sent this to us as well. The idea originally was to have a team called the Hunchbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Give me that. The idea was if they were if they were Hunchback, then both shoulders could never be on the mat at the same. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how do you stop them you can only win by three ways so they if don't... they were champions they'd be damn near unbeatable <laughs> they would be, see they would be so cocky that they like everyone would be so befuddled until they ran into the berserker who'd just be like don't care <laughs> my specialty that would be gross you got pn news he's gonna do his We'll call it a splash as he just falls off the top rope and just <laughs> crushes their freaking hunchbacks and pus goes everywhere. Oh, oh God. When I see yeah. him do that splash, it reminds me of the lady who eats it in the naked gun at the end. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, which one? The one which? that gets that Frank accidentally hits with the cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's no problem. Just <laughs> That's what she reminds me Two of. Two can um, play at that game. I, I was actually, I, I, despite the awful gimmick, like, I liked how snug the creatures worked. Like, they actually, like, tried to, like, lay in some, some heavy offense to these guys. I so, got some heavy guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, um, other than that, I still thought it was a pretty good match. I ended up still giving this a five. Uh, it's going to be one of those shows. Oh, come on. You gave it four. It's not that. Jesus. All right. Jeez. Jesus. I, I will say, it wasn't an impressive move, but I like PN's enthusiasm <laughs> to, uh, to to come off the top rope. And that's literally what it is. That is literally He's the equivalent. Coming. That is He's Charlie's just equivalent coming off the participant's the ribbon. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> At least you didn't have that, that ass stain like you did in the last show. He wasn't a, this match wasn't long enough to accumulate ass sweat. Oh god. I was even thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> JR and Tony okay. then start to hype up the upcoming Beautiful Bobby versus Terrence Taylor match because it's a battle of two guys, Beautiful Bobby number 7 and Terrence Taylor number 10. So it's uh, two top 10 wrestlers going at it. They actually go out of their way to say this may be the match of the card. So, let's figure this out. Huh. <laughs> huh. 
Terrence Taylor kind of looks like a Vegas lounge act. I don't know if this is a Halloween costume. Not positive. This doesn't scream computerized man of the 1990s. This more is like a... It looks like he may be from the Chippendale sketch from SNL with... <laughs> Dude, oh, him and TN News should have remade that. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, News. Everybody's working. <laughs> Yo, Jim, baby, yo, baby. Ross yo, tries to play up these guys are like both the Rodney Dangerfields of, of pro wrestling. I was like, ah, all right. Uh, a lot of play up on Bobby Eaton's temper, but let's just just kind of cut to this thing here. Like, the computers thing. Like, I have never seen a computer that is like only a quarter of the way open that you can manage to type and see what's going on at the same time. Right. It's one of my or favorite. how about... Huh. Dude, how about it's it's 2018 now, you know, and when my laptop closes, dude, that thing just doesn't reboot the second when I open it. <laughs> like, excellent. She, call. she literally opens it and closes it like it's nothing. Yeah, Charlie, but you don't have York Foundation money. Oh. <laughs> we also get uh, that's it. <laughs> the Jr. Like Jr. tries to. Kind of downplay Bobby Eaton being smart, saying like he probably doesn't know anything about computers. I'd love to think Eaton is like Zuckerberg at home, like just coding like crazy, like just. Um, there's a great callback to Halloween Havoc '90. Bobby Eaton like rocket launchers himself onto the ramp. I guess like he does a he does a, a splash. They call it a knee drop, but it's it looks to be more of like the rocket launcher splash onto Taylor on the ramp. It's always a cool spot, even though the ramp is not that far off the ground. But still, it just looks really cool. Um, I the, I did not expect to see a gut wrench power bomb on the ramp, but we got one. I, I kind of wish we hadn't. <laughs> that sounded awful. It did. It sounded like Cactus getting hit with the coffin like twenty times. <laughs> Same it. sound. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather get electrocuted. Then get the the gut wrench on the fucking <laughs> ramp. Oh. Um, there's a great false finish sequence with Bobby hitting the top rope sunset flip, which he hits it much better than somebody else that tries it again later. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like the this match is another victim of just well, let's just we'll we'll, we'll we will think we will convince you that rest spots are just us trying to build anticipation. No, it's boring. It's very boring. The number of rest spots is for this match. Like when we see the TV champion later, like they don't mess around with this crap. And that's the thing that bogs this match down. Unfortunately, Bobby Eaton does get the one with an Alabama jam, but to say, to, to tell us beforehand, this may be the match of the card. And then they go out and do that. And then for me, it's going to be in a four. Like it, it just, I, I felt like this two guys that are really good. Well, all right, let me step back. One guy that I think is really good. One guy that's pretty capable. Um, and they ended up like Is that, that your final answer? That's it is my final <laughs> what? Is that too high? Is that too high? No, no, no. I'm wondering like, like do you want to well, how do you really feel about Terry Taylor? He's <laughs> yeah, just that, that, that's average. Like he is so bland and average. Like I can't I it's so hard <clears throat> to say like he's a great wrestler. Like he understands like how a pro wrestling match works, like the components of it. Yeah. yeah. But his his move set is sadly like kind of the same like ten things, and and that's it. And he's unfortunately saddled in a gimmick that nobody that they just don't care about anymore. So yeah. All right, Jason, what do you think? 
boy, uh, Charlie's really not going to like my rating. Uh, so, <laughs> so at some point, since you hit, you know, you hit all over the computer, I'll jump down to my notes. Uh, Terrence Taylor clearly tapped out three times during that hammerlock. <laughs> when you're smacking the mat going, ah, no, no, and you go, you're tapping out. Uh, unless, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Um, I guess it's referee's discretion. So <laughs> That's the name of the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> it's, discretion. it's referee discretion. Uh, also, we were talking about how quick the computer is to boot up. I mean, Terrence Taylor truly is a computerized man because he's able to read that screen and process that information in less than half a second when she takes it and shows he's like, okay got it like unless it literally says use me like we thought it would <laughs> I, mean, I mean and seriously are is it diagrams is it instructions what is it that's really on there i really want to know um i think the ref is uh pro bobby eaton because Bobby's about to roll Terrence Taylor up in a sunset flip, and Terrence is still standing, reaching for the ropes. And the referee runs between Terry Taylor and the ropes and checks Terry Taylor on his way over. It's like, hmm, little referee favoritism. Uh, having flashbacks to Evolution, where the ref clearly slides the chair over to Becky Lynch, <laughs> which was great. I heard um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it sucks. Something had to happen, but <laughs> it really discredited that ref. Uh, I liked this match a lot uh, because I was really shocked. I was like, man, I'm really into a Terrence Taylor match. I was like, oh, yeah, because it's really a Bob Eaton match. But then something struck me, uh, and Will pointed out, Miss York looked really bored. I was like, oh, yeah, because this is really boring. Um, during a lot of this with these long periods of rest holds and, and you know, when the match is good, it's great. But, and someone really needs to sit back and talk with Alexander York and say, Hey, look, uh, when the camera's on you, you're, you're all about screaming and, and doing it and checking the computer. When you don't think the camera's on you, you still have to act because you're in front of thousands of people. You can't just sit there. And she's literally twiddling her fingers at this point. Um, but, uh, to go back to my thing about the referee being pro Bobby Eaton, because I don't think I've ever seen a competitor high five a ref when the match was over with that wasn't a special referee that just helped him cheat. Bobby Eaton high fives a referee after he wins and leaves. <laughs> All right, man. Got Thanks. him. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for helping me because I called my shot. I'm after the TV champion, whoever it is. Woo. Oh, so, but. I also gave this match a four. Charlie, what'd you think, man? Man, wait a minute, wait a minute. You both gave this fours? Oh yeah. wow. Because I have it rated higher. <laughs> you got me you got me thinking that oh, whatever. Um, okay, so <clears throat> So you're the jackass. I guess I am. Yeah, because uh I mean, it's, don't grant it's not much higher. I wish the computer could teach Terry Taylor uh, you know, the algorithm to not be boring. <laughs> Because it can't do it. And it also can't teach Terry Taylor how to have a match that's under 15 minutes. You know, it's like what really the algorithm called for a, a, a chin lock, you know, two minutes into the match. Like, I, it just I, I feel like they've completely given up on this uh, this idea, this this character. And, and, and granted, when I say they, I mean, like, like 
whoever like pulls the strings backstage and even Alexander York, I, I really don't think Terry Taylor had any idea what he was doing with this character other than I'll just dye my hair. At least he did that. Ricky Morton didn't even do anything with his hair. Um, this is really funny. This is how weird Terry Taylor is. I'm uh, Bobby Eaton had him in a submission or a rest spot, whatever you want to call it uh, early in the match. And I'm not making this up. Referee asked Terry Taylor if he wanted to quit. And Terry Taylor said, nope. <laughs> he, he said, nope. <laughs> I just, huh. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a desperate man. You know? <laughs> like, that kind of cracked me up. Um, they start talking about people have flown in, JR and Tony. People have flown in from all over the country to see Halloween Havoc 91. To which uh, my first thought was, I don't want to know anyone who took a plane to go to Halloween Havoc 91. I just, I I don't. (laughs) Like, where is this taking place? Chattanooga? Yes. Yeah. Bunch of people, like, over Halloween, booking a flight to go to Halloween Havoc 91 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It just just doesn't sound like my kind of people. Uh, Oh. (laughs) That's how I feel that about it. Turn. Deal with it. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds very unpleasant. Uh, Terry Taylor goes for a Taylor bomb, and, and it's literally what it sounds like. It's a Vader bomb, but with little, tiny, small Terry Taylor. And uh, I believe Bobby got his legs up for that. But like you know, like you said, I noticed that computer too. It's like halfway closed, and you know, I just. It's 1991. That computer isn't even plugged into anything. What was the battery life like for for like portable computers back in 1991? Oh like, because this match, you know, it's like it's like what, what's the computer saying? It's saying you need to end this match in seven minutes because the battery won't last past ten. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> like that's a pretty good tell. <clears throat> so. Bobby hits him with the, and I, I don't. I mean, I'm just bearing uh, Terry Taylor here. Bobby Eaton as usual, does great. And he's the reason I rated this match higher than you guys. I, th- I love Bobby Eaton. I love watching him work. Unfortunately, he's with Terry Taylor, uh, who and, – and this is as interesting as Terry Taylor ever gets. Because like, as, as awful as I think he is a lot of the times here in WCW with this character, it's better than anything I saw him do in WWF. Better than anything. So it's like, you know, oh, like – What's the list of wrestlers that were better in WCW than they were in WWF? <laughs> like to have, to have Terry Taylor in that list is kind of funny, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan, maybe. He's, no, 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 Terry Taylor. Uh, Bobby Eaton hits him with the Alabama Jam to wrap up the match. Of course, it looks wonderful. Uh, and then they show the replay, uh, which, you know, sucks. The replay absolutely betrayed the finish. But, you know, we know this is a show, so it doesn't bother me a whole lot. Uh, and Bobby, and I really just commend him because like from the angle that he did it from, uh, or sorry, from the angle that the camera was where Bobby did it, uh, it looked devastating. And to see that that's what it really looked like and just like, man, he is so safe. And I, 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 I would not be worried at all for my life if I was wrestling Bobby. Right. So that's the nice thing I can say about it. I gave this a five. That's not too far high. I mean, that's not, not that much higher. So that's good. Yeah, it's just. Well, I was wondering too. You know, like, I was wondering if I was rating this match too low, or if it's like, oh my god, like, like, 
you know, you ever do that when you watch these things? Like, I don't know if I'm just not digging this or, and it's great or what, you know, and then, but as soon as you gave your review, I was like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't just up my own ass on this one. No, it's, it, it leaves little to be desired, but you know, it's not the worst thing on the, on the card. Oh no. Cause we're getting to that next. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just messing. <laughs> no, um, no, I don't think I, I think what threw me off, man, was honestly, when you say, before the match, like, man, this could be it. This could be the best match on the card. Yeah. And then it's that, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but no big deal. It's all right. All right. So that takes us to, well, it's JR and Tony. They just have a quick debate over how hot Johnny B. Bad is in his rise in WCW. And I just want you to note that because it's interesting how they talk about Johnny B. Bad before a match and during a match. It's really interesting. So. <clears throat> Well, this becomes the thing that Tony says the most all night. He's he's he is all about hot and cold streaks. Yes, very he much. He says so. this for the remainder of the show. <laughs> so that takes us to this one here, Jason. I think this is you, right? Uh, yeah. Jimmy Jam Garvin yeah. taking yeah, on yeah. Johnny B. Bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. uh Maybe it's because I was I've been sick when I was watching this, but Teddy Long also looks very sick, and like doesn't want to be there um, when he's coming out with old Johnny B. Bad. Uh, maybe it's because they didn't even bother to let the Freebirds get a third of the way down the ramp before they decided to stand on stage. But whatever. Um, so here is where the World Series and baseball talk really starts to make its presence. Um, because the Freebirds are coming out in Braves outfits. They're doing the chop. All these people in Chattanooga are doing the chop. I hate the chop. I hate the Braves. Uh, Jesus. I don't like your jerk out out face, jerk off. <laughs> now, to tell you why I hate the Braves, my great-grandfather, who, oh if you listen God. to the show, know that I love, he loved the Braves. Love the Braves was with them all the time when they were horrible and miserable. When did they decide to finally be good? After he died. He never got to see him have a winning season. Fuck you, Atlanta Braves. Um, wow, that's so, a grudge. That is a grudge. Wow. Yes, I'm so happy that the Minnesota Twins are about, at this point in the show, an hour and a half away for beating you. Suck it, Braves. Um, <coughs> I say as I cough my lungs out. So... The thing is, is this match takes forever to start once they get in the ring because you got to have the free birds do their shit. And I'm a, <laughs> who's the good guy and who's the bad guy in this? This goes back to what you were just talking about, William, that uh, they're all about talking, you know, talking Johnny B. Bad up. We mentioned last show when he was wrestling Sting, he was kind of acting like a face, but his character and everything always kind of screams bad guy. But uh, th- but he's in there with the Freebirds. And also, wasn't Michael Hayes supposed to be wrestling him so uh, Jimmy Garvin had to take his place? Isn't that what happened? Well, I th- No, he's Garvin- supposed to be in a match later on. Yes. Well, I yes. thought that it. Because I thought it was this one. That's what I got confused about. Because well, like, that's why we get Pretty Boy Doug Summers. Oh, thank yeah. God we got Pretty Boy Doug Summers. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so I was confused. That's on me because I thought they said he was supposed to wrestle this one. I was like, well. And then that pops up later. Um, so Michael Hayes is out there just a chopping away with his arm in the sling because, um, of course, he's not really hurt. And really, do you have to cheat to beat Johnny B. Bad? I mean, come on. Um, 
I'm not so good. So to finally get into the in-ring action, when Johnny B. Bad jumps over that top rope, like for Jimmy Garvin to have thrown him over, referee's discretion, uh, he jumps like seven feet in the from the the ring. It looked incredible. Um, not gonna lie, like that. That is that is great. Um, but I don't know why later on Jimmy Gar, uh, excuse me, Jimmy Garvin decides to do the Roman Reigns bounce off the ropes to get a lot of momentum for a forearm shot that they continue to talk about for the next minute and a half. Like it's the greatest thing ever because of how smart and how much of a veteran Jimmy Garvin is for bouncing off the ropes to mesmerize John and me bad. This is stupid. Um, like I, I will say this where Johnny B. Bad quarters of the ring top rope jump sunset flip to roll over. Oh. That was <laughs> like it looked really good, but it also looked like you just pile drove yourself. Um, the crowd just wants to see the DDT. They don't care who does it because uh, it finally comes through. Uh, but shenanigans <laughs> happen because, you know, Teddy Long's out there out free bird, the free birds. Um, and Johnny B. Bad with the weakest left hand punch ever gets the win. Uh, I like John B. Bad, but this match always loses points because it's a free bird match. I give it a three. Charlie, what'd you think? Why are the free birds face? Because they're wearing brave shirts. Is that it? Okay, okay. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I know the Braves. You know they used to be in Boston and you know, stuff like that. Why the fuck are they cheering for the Braves in Chattanooga? Well, they are from it's Georgia. Like it's a half away. And the oh, I Bird- thought this was Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? 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 How many Chattanooga- other Chattanoogas are there? This is the. Isn't there a Chattanooga, Tennessee? This is Chattanooga, Tennessee. So why are they you cheering know? for the Braves? Because they're from you know- Georgia. They are from Georgia. The the Freebirds. Like this is. This is one of those like, oh, my hometown team is doing well. No, no, no I'm asking why. Why is the crowd cheering for the Braves? Well, let's regionally, regionally, that probably is the cl- like, like we think about it here. It's come to this with this with sports this time. We don't have our team. What's 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 the regionally closest team? I well, yeah, it's, it's not a professional baseball team in Tennessee or South. Carolina. I don't I don't know a lot of people in South Carolina that go for the Carolina Panthers, but it, it just. I don't. I, I, that, I don't. I don't understand sports. I don't fucking get it. It's basically what I'm trying to say. It's fucking stupid. They're not your team. Fuck off. Like, like we just took the sunset flip from the top rope. This no fun. shit. <laughs> We're off the rails. That was awesome. That's a great, that's, that's a good rant. And, uh, he was. He grew up in Chattanooga. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, this didn't explain anything to me. So <laughs> I, I don't understand why you would cheer for a fucking team in Georgia if you live in Tennessee. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, and and the Freebirds like. Like it's just weird to see people in Tennessee doing the tom the, hump, the tomahawk chop. Like that's it. Okay, I I think I may have another reason for it. You go ahead, keep going, keep going. Okay. So Jr. takes pride in the fact that WCW wrestlers wrestle when they're hurt. Didn't care for that. Didn't care for that comment. Uh, let's see. This is when 
the hip top over the top rope spot happens, and this is this is when it becomes the night of referee's discretion. This is when that shit first starts popping up. And I don't remember who did the, the hip toss, but this will come back later. Uh, Johnny, you know, I think I mentioned it in the last episode. I've been waiting for somebody to fuck up the top rope sunset flip spot where he, he just pancakes the guy. And that's almost what happens. It just, oh, sunset flip. Nope, it's like a, 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 a splash. <laughs> yeah. Go off the top rope. Um, I and, fu- and, and, and I'm just I'm so sorry. I fucking hate this crowd. Fuck them. I was so happy to see Johnny be bad win this match and to see that deflation from these fucking Braves fans in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And just, oh, Charlie, let's, please, so let's let's please, let, quit very you know, real quick. Chattanooga is only two hours away from Atlanta. I'm losing it, man. You got to reel me in. <laughs> Chattanooga is only, it? it's only two hours away from Atlanta. So it is conceivable that there would be a large amount of Braves fans in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Even though it's Tennessee, it's only two hours away from where the Braves play. So I'm just saying, like, it's it's sort of like there are people in Charleston that love the Gamecocks, but they only play in, they play in Columbia. You know what I mean? Like, same state. I get it, but it's a little different in that example. But... This they just happen. Chattanooga just happens to be in Tennessee. It's only two hours away. Like it's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable. But that's a co- college team. That's different. That's a college team. You know, people go to those colleges. You know, like like this is a professional team. Like that doesn't <laughs> what? Just, that doesn't make that still doesn't make sense to me. I'm just like yeah, but yeah, Gamecocks thing. Sure, I went to that school. Now I live in Charleston. You know, and but uh, I used to be an Atlanta Brave. <laughs> now I live in fucking Chattanooga. Like, no, Charlie, the the Braves were the South baseball team because there's not another team close at all at this point. Right? There's not a team in Tennessee, not a team in Alabama, not a so team it's in a Arkansas. zip code thing. Well, no, a zip, <laughs> yes, the, all these states are the same zip code. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like like that's that's what a lot of sports boil down to. What's well, the nearest one? You know, or which one is the best one? And another thing is the Braves were got. This is when the bandwagon really kicks up because they are an awesome team, and 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 they will be for many years from this season on throughout the '90s. And a lot of people jumped on the the Braves bandwagon. This may be still a little bit before it really kicks into high high gear, but I definitely remember like all of a sudden like people were popping up with those hats during this year because it was like holy cow mm-hmm. there's another there's 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 a really dominant team that's out there that isn't like from the north that isn't the Yankees or it isn't the Red Sox you know okay bandwagoners there it is all right yeah because that's, that's that's what it is I hate this I hate the fandom I gave this match a three so I, I love the Michael PMS Hayes sign perfect that's a great sign that's a great <laughs> 1991 sign. Um, that's great. I, I Jason, I, I wrote it down as well. Teddy Long looks bored AF. Seriously. Like, he oh. does not want to be here. I was wondering the whole time, because I, I don't know, like, because we're obviously not watching all the televisions that are between these. Like, I was I was unsure at the start, like, okay, are they starting the B-Bad um, face turn or what? I was. That's what I was wondering, like, if he didn't know what... If he kind of was losing, like, what am I supposed to do in this if this guy's a face and I'm a heel manager? But the the funniest thing to me is that clearly Michael Hayes is not hurt. 
Because his arm yeah. just takes his arm out of the sling, and it's just like. And then he, by the end of the match, he's got like he's in his wrestling gear, and he's parting around the ring. He's having a good time. So it's really like, what, what are we doing? And the reason I bring this up is, they have this stupid ass line. Jr. says, um, he says the wrestlers will wrestle when they're hurt, and I'm like, well, sorry, Jim. Uh, <laughs> Michael Hayes is acting hurt and he's not wrestling and Barry Windham got hurt earlier and is not going to show up tonight so wrestler talking up wrestlers like oh these guys go at it even when they're hurt incorrect sir yep incorrect and let's not mention how many pay-per-views did Art Anderson not defend the TV <laughs> title for some reason or the other yeah, it's like eat shit cowboy fuck off I mean like it just, <laughs> it's just so incorrect oh yeah I I say too many mean things. <laughs> Shit, cowboy. <laughs> uh, Tony, t- Tony then like does like I don't know. He brings up this like family feud poll that they took in St. Louis, where everyone he asks everybody, so, you know what? What's your favorite movie? He's like, you know what, man? That DDT. That's it, man. Fuck you, man. This is Jake Roberts' thing. You all stole it. Fuck you. I hate you. I hate you, fucking people. Because <laughs> you. Fucking, it, 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 <laughs> I hate him too. <laughs> it's, it makes me so mad because it's like it, it, another example is Arn Anderson does the DDT, but his is just yep. like his is such a reduced. It, his doesn't even feel like a finisher, even though I know it does. It is used as a finisher in a lot of his matches. But it's when he when when he's in a match, nobody is like chanting for it. Like he doesn't call. He doesn't pander to it. He doesn't use it as a way to get this cheap heat. And this is like the the Freebirds like. like tapped into this well where it's like oh this is how we can try and stay over is through this really cool move that jake does but we'll just make it our own cool fuckers all right so um i i i will leave it up to you um i'll leave it up to you guys if you want to call it a best of luck spot this was the best of luck spot was the sunset flip for me like this is just gorgeous (laughs) it's up there um (laughs) what i really really like I was so mad at how the Freebirds were like trying to be face in this match. And it was really like, what are you? It felt like they were burying Johnny B. Bad the entire time. Because Johnny B. Bad acts like he should be the de facto baby face in this. You can see kind of if you watch his face, he looks a little pissed that he's being like really relegated to like just shitty heel status in this. And then Jimmy Jam Garvin's like that shitty-ass revenge player that you would run into. He was like, I'm just going to move the stick around, and that's how I'm going to get my special. I'm not going to do any moves. I'm just going to taunt the whole time <laughs> and get a special, like a little cocksucker. And fucking, man, uh, yeah, I, I, when when Jimmy Jam Garvin just flat-out launches, and I mean launches Johnny B. Bad over the rope, and you said, well, yeah. referee's discretion, folks. Are you serious? And it this only gets worse as the night goes on. This is the first. I think this is the first time we get, we get, uh, we get this thrust to us that this whole referee's discretion thing. Well, it's not going to be the last, and it's just going to get worse. <coughs> I was so, I was so angry at this. I actually laughed at the end though, because I thought with the pen that the referee pushed <laughs> Garvin's leg off the rope. <laughs> 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 Get me out of here! <laughs> but it actually was Teddy Long who pushed the pushed his leg off the rope. But man, um, I, uh, I 
you spend all this time talking about how Johnny B. Bad's going to be this rookie of the year, and then the rest of the time you're just talking about, like, well, he's just inexperienced, doesn't know what he's doing out there, and you just bury him, not just in the ring, but on commentary. I'm not the biggest Mark Merrow fan in the world, but I just thought everybody just gave Johnny B. Bad a tremendous fuck you in this match. I gave it a two. Lord. So Missy Hyatt is now looking for the WCW Phantom. She stops beautiful Bobby, who comes in with a towel and it looks like a pair of red tights holding a pumpkin. <laughs> he grumbles that maybe the WCW Phantom is Dorothy, Myra, or Jack, and then shuffles away, leaving Missy frustrated. <laughs> Probably not the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, Dorothy, Myra, or Jack? Is that a Phantom of the Opera joke? Bobby, Bobby. Like it's weird, and these were clearly pre-tapes. Yes, <laughs> with his wrong tights. Yeah, he had costume two selected for when he went backstage. <laughs> he had to go. He had to change out of the blue pipe where he goes and does whatever he's doing with that pumpkin to celebrate his victory. Oh so. boy. Hey, Charlie, it would have been great if he had a Braves hat on. He was coming in. Oh motherfucker. <laughs> Hey man, Dark Side of Alabama. Braves Dark are close Side of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we, we now, but here we've got a dandy on our hands. It's a really fun match, Charlie. This one's all yours. It is Dustin Rhodes taking on the WCW Television Champion, stunning Steve Austin. Okay, uh, I was really looking forward to this match. Um, it's I love this. I love it has a 15 minute time limit because it's like, OK, this is going to be one of those <laughs> one minute remaining and kicking out at everything matches. Um, so the camera focuses in on Lady Blossom and Tony Schiavone. No, 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 no. no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Lady Blossom. I'm sorry. So the, the, the camera cuts to the outside and there's uh, Dustin Rhodes's mom. I'd easily confuse the two. <laughs> or is it grandma? Yeah. I know. yeah. <laughs> Do what? I easily <laughs> confuse the two of them. <laughs> Dustin Rose's grandma going to well, hide a best nux wearing that outfit. If you've seen pictures of Lady Blossom now, it's not that far. Ron Howard's mother is out there, and and there, and she's like, "Come on, Dustin, you're not doing that shit." And and Tony goes. Boy, the story she could tell. And then while he's saying that, JR starts immediately talking over him. And then Tony tries it again. Boy, the story she could tell. And then there's a pause. And then JR starts uh, starts talking. Oh, yeah. JR goes, Austin in the ropes. <laughs> he he was. Wasn't he was trying to get Jr. to to join in on him about about this? I think it had something to do with uh, her having a son and grandson in the sport, uh, and because that that's what Tony was alluding to. And Jr. just did not bite. He did not want to have anything to do with it. Um, I, I imagine it was uh, Dustin who did this. Uh, there was a clothesline over the top rope. Uh, this is not a referee's discretion. This right here is a judgment call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was a judgment call, <laughs> according to Jr. Um, <clears throat> what the hell is this? Me? What Tony? Uh, what double fold out? 
Did JR say double fold-out? What is that? Yes. Okay. Um, Steve Austin and Lady Blossom had a oh, fold-out poster in the uh, the WCW magazine. And, yes, theirs was a fold-out, a double fold-out. But he'll have to wait till after the show to tell Tony. That's why. what it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because J- JR goes, you want to know why, Tony? And Tony, I, I will admit, this was funny as Tell Tony goes. I'm waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so that's great. Thought it was weird. Um, I, I just, I guess, I just noticed it with every wrestler that I see now. Dustin's colors in this match are uh, red and yellow. It just, it just doesn't look right on anybody else. I don't, I don't know why you would, you would wear those colors, especially in 1991, uh, unless you're trying to stick it to the man. Um, this match wasn't what I was hoping it would be. It's, it's, I think it's perfectly serviceable, but it's it's not a whole lot of fun. I, like I, 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 these guys have really good chemistry, um, as as you can see in the w, in later years in the WWF. But I just don't really think it's here. I, I gave this a five. Uh, real quick, I don't know if you knew this, but originally the pay per view was going to be called Judgment Call before Judgment Day. Judgment Call. <laughs> <laughs> Doth Monday day. Terminator 2, Judgment Call. Referee. So, <laughs> so, so Brock Lesnar F5s Braun Strowman over the top rope and Nick Patrick's like, I'll allow it. <laughs> so, just the worst. Oh, the worst. Jason, what'd you think of this, pal? Well, pal, let me tell you, when uh, when Steve Austin connects with a kick to the midsection, don't you expect a stunner follow up? (laughs) Always. I mean, it happened. It's like, oh, it didn't happen. Um, Dustin has the we we, you know, we always have the best of luck spot. And I think Johnny B. Bad gets it. But Dustin's going to get the best obvious blade job of the night where he's (laughs) laying on there, cutting himself up. And speaking of blade job in color. You guys think this is the match that Steve Austin's always talking about where he gets Dustin's on top of him and says, good color, kid, that he brings up like any time someone mentions <laughs> Dustin or Gold Dust on his show? I don't think so because um, the color, like, and it's, it, it's not the greatest color. No. <laughs> I don't know. Messy, though. Yes, it is. It's bad. Um, but... Uh, and if you, you if you've been playing Red Dead Redemption, the main character that you play sounds a lot like Steve Austin. It's great. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna kill you, you son of a bitch. It is good. You're gonna be it's gonna be like you're gonna be in the woods. You're gonna feel like you're you know hunting with Ted Fowler and Steve Austin. Um, playing <laughs> the game. And what's weird this this is why I bring this up is Steve's really yelly in this one. You know, the last time we saw him, his match was like less than a minute, so he didn't have a chance. So here's this guy. It's stunning Steve Austin. Long blonde hair, colorful bicycle short tights from Hollywood, California. What? What are you saying? <laughs> Just like when he talks to the ref. <laughs> you hear that come out. It's like it, it's like it's an anime that they picked the wrong voice actor to dub the guy. It's just so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, it, I like this is a TV championship match. I love the TV title. Let's give the TV title 15 minutes. I, I think that's great. They do a fantastic job of building up Austin and Dustin because um, they talk about how 
much how big of a fighting champion Austin's been uh, as the TV champion, which I think is great. Uh, you know, since we never got to see it when Arn Anderson had it, I don't think we even saw it change hands on the actual show. Um, so, but we get Steve Austin pulling the Hulk Hogan, kicking out at three at the time limit. <laughs> so it's all he's making sure he looks good. Um, this wasn't as good as I hoped it'd be as with Charlie, but also wasn't bad at all. I gave it a five. Um, doesn't look like that there was uh, some nice words between Austin and Lady Blossom before they came out because he doesn't look like he wants much to do with her, and she doesn't look like she gives a shit about him. <laughs> because when they get out, you there, think he did that that <clears throat> that that Deborah thing and that that, that video <laughs> from SmackDown from, from SmackDown here comes. <laughs> Uh, Wait, I'm not here with this. Uh, there's this uh, awful, awful video that me and Will just found hilarious where um, they took SmackDown, here comes the pain, and they're like, oh, oh. it's like, here's actual footage of the domestic deb- uh, abuse between Steve Ooh. Austin and Deborah, and it's like, he gives her a Luthez press backstage. <laughs> just Oh, okay. I'll send, the, I'll send you the video. <laughs> I thought it was something. I thought it was like a clip from the actual game. I was like, oh, because <laughs> that one was the one where they, the first time they did story mode, right? That's so why I was like, oh, good. I think so. It's part of Steve Austin's career. <laughs> That's terrible. Achievement That's so unlocked. bad. Oh, no. <laughs> well. Oh, man. Okay. All right. This is course correct. But, uh, his mannerisms are not very stunning, Steve. It's very stone cold. Pre, pre, many years before him. But he is looking really, really snug in there. Like, he does not look like he's going in there to to play heel other than just beat the hell out of this guy. Man, I, I love the energy in this thing. I really did. Um, I don't have... I'm The blade job was definitely something I had written down there. I, Austin's, like, corner of his eye getting popped was wild. And it, but I think that one doesn't last for maybe like what, two minutes or whatever. But I can't believe these are two guys. These are two guys who have collected like maybe two years in the business at this point, two to three years, because they look. That's they, true. They look amazing in there together. I I just absolutely loved the like every one of their Irish whips or whatever their moves were coming off like were, had so much energy coming with them. They had rest spots, but they didn't stay with them. They let their match live in those Irish whip spots, those those brawling moves inside going to out, outside going to in, this and that. I really like this. This is a quintessential T. This is if you ever had to describe what a WWE TV title match is, this pretty much fits the bill because it's going to be two guys going at it, pretty pretty heavy with the baby face getting really really close. You think he's going to get the win, but time limit draw is going to hit anyway and. Austin kicked out, and I just love it. He kicked out anyways. Like, nope, you're not pinning me. And it's not, I'm not even gonna give you a visual pin. Nope, don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. Not factor. I, I, I really like this. I give it a seven. Ooh. There are worse matches I could give a seven to. Okay, like I heard that sigh. I heard that, and I just wanted to make a quick remark. <laughs> Go Braves. Starcade 91 promo. It's... God damn it. We get a Starcade 91 promo. This I cannot wait for this show. It's Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery. Which I can't there'll be so much fun to talk about. It's insane. So now 
Okay, we get Oz. The exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> we get Oz. Sans mask, sans entrance, sans wizard. Well, welcome to, ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm coming. Here I come. It's Oz. Taking on Bill Kazmaier and his inflatable globe. So. <laughs> he looks, he struggles to carry. <laughs> yeah. Well, once he got it off of his shoulder, I was like, oh, that looks light. <laughs> but the whole time he was carrying it, I was like, that thing looks heavy. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, Bill Kazmaier is a student of the game. He prepared for Cactus Jack, but Oz was a last-minute replacement since Cactus decided, you know what, <laughs> I want to go into the chamber. I really, th- I'm, I was like, yeah, I'm sure it really threw off Bill Kazmaier. Bill Kazmaier is not a stupid enough to game. <laughs> That's an inaccurate description. <laughs> He has such excitement after he body slams Oz. Like, he's so excited for himself. Yeah, that's a move. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Tony's really in the crosshairs tonight. He really flip-flops back and forth. Like, earlier he says pro wrestling requires a lot of, of athleticism and skill. And then, apparently, he just completely seeds that in the talking about Bill Kazmaier. So, you know what? He just, he has so much grit. That it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and they call this finish because Bill Casper is going to pick up the win, not with a backbreaker. No, no, I'm afraid that's the torture rack. We we finally get a tap out or a submission with the torture rack, and it's not Lex Luger. <laughs> what happened? What happened this season? <laughs> this was this this nothing, nothing great here, really. I it doesn't really. I don't think it really sells anybody that Bill Kazmaier is going to be a threat to any title of any kind. I gave him a three. Jason, what'd you think? Um, is Oz the guy who drew the short end of the stick and has to be fake sting this year? Because he's bus bond, buzz cut, and just those plain green neon tights. Yeah, Ugh. it really things does aren't looking good for Kevin Nash. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this match is so boring. At some point, someone drops a microphone or something in the back, and the entire crowd's expecting a run in, and they're all disappointed, <laughs> and nothing happens. Because uh, it happens, you hear like a or something, and it's like a dog whistle, and all of Charlie's favorite people in Chattanooga just turn, <laughs> look at the entryway. Uh, like the mongoloids they are. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, the views and expressions, opinions are by CM underscore stabs and not necessarily like those new blood prices podcast. Uh, so, I was talking so about the crowd. That, so, so, when Bill Kasmar is coming out struggling with his globe, which looks hilarious with him walking through with these poorly designed fucking tombstones, by the way. Wow. Oh, we uh, haven't talked about the, what the tombstones say. Right. So. Oh. right. Uh, he comes out, and I was so hoping when he sets his globe down that some tech doesn't get that you're supposed to keep up the show and just, like, hoist it over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, what can we say other than Burt Angle wins with the world champion's finishing move? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, he does. Just, his, out, his outfit, free <laughs> Burt Angle. <laughs> and he's holding... He has Oz in the quote quote torture rack. He's not bouncing. He's not doing anything. He's just holding him there and the bell rings. It's just like, did Kevin Nash tap out of boredom? 
what I want to know. Uh, Will, you were very generous with your rating of a three. This gets a one from me. Whoa, we get it. Wow, the first one of the day. Okay. It won't be the last. Wow. Uh, Charlie, no, it won't. Charlie, so. what do you think of this? I, I really don't think um, Kevin Nash gives a shit because he, he just comes to the ring, no mask, barely a facial expression. There's no, like, there's no spectacle to his entrance uh, on this one. He's just like, let's just get this over with. Bill Kazmaier. I, I, I've seen this guy twice now, and I'm not sure if I've ever seen a guy who is, you know, supposed to be one of these strong wrestlers, you know. Like, there's a group of those guys who, who makes, like, any kind of power thing looks so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is a struggle. There are a lot of these yeah. moves that, that there's a struggle. Yeah. That torture rack, I mean, it was it looked, it looked like a I mean, looked like a comfortable rack. I mean, I mean, he, he looked like pretty snug sn- sitting up there. And I, I do like that he would have tapped out of boredom. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst thing. Just all right. Um and JR calls it a backbreaker at first. It's like, you know what that move is. You know what that is. Yeah. And, and why, like, I, I just, I can't imagine that he would do this without Lex Luger's approval. You know, I like, I got, and why Lex would give it to Bill Kazmaier, I have no idea. Um, this was the first time I noticed a WWF sucks sign uh, in the crowd, which it seems like it's a little early for, uh, for, for the fans to kind of get a little snarky like that uh, with, with opposing companies, uh, which is the only reason I took note of it. Like, had it been like 1998, I would have been like, oh, see that every day. But in 91, it's just like, and I start thinking about like, what was going on in WWF in 91 at the time? WWF in 91 is so much better than this. <laughs> like, by a mile. Like, how could you like, because, because, you know, you start seeing things like Oz and, some of these other weird things that WCW does, like the Chamber of Horrors match, for instance. You're like, really? You think this is better? Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, I'm going to split the difference here. I gave this a two. All right. So that brings us to... We go right into this next one. Jason, it's Van Hammer versus Pretty Boy Doug Summers. Uh, okay. Man, they just keep wanting to up the ante with old Van Hammer with his entrance with these jackhammers. <laughs> what are these guys? That? Who are these guys? It is fucking hilarious because, all right, so the guy's got hammer in his name, heavy metal, sure, power tools, right? Okay, so it's Halloween. You've already got tombstones over there. Why not have these guys out like carving a tombstone for pretty boy Doug Summers or something? <laughs> something cool, something related. No, it's just all right. Um, so it's just what we've got, though, is we've also got a guy who's just coming right out the gate, ending matches really quickly. Everyone's into him. We love it. There's jackhammers on stage. Ergo, Van Hammer is proto Goldberg. Um just deal with it. So, <laughs> poor Doug Summers. <laughs> Pretty boy. It's just like one of those ironic names where someone's like six foot eight, 500 pounds, and someone calls him tiny. You know, it's like his back, he looks like he's got scoliosis. His beard guts just. Oh, God. He's Jesus. That's a very specific than, ailment. <laughs> yeah. He's paler than Seamus in spots. You know, not like his full body, just in certain spots. 
It's just, but I'm going to give it to old pretty boy Doug Summers. He goes for the career ender, which is what he named his spear to the outside of the knee on Van Hammer as he accidentally slipped and falls three seconds into this match. So, you know, uh, pretty boy also pulls a Hogan and kicks out at three. <laughs> He's making his out. He's got to get his heat back. I'm, yeah, yeah. Like we don't get that cool, like knee to the knee to the spine dive that he gave. I guess Van Hammer saw that Pretty Boy's spine was already nice and curved and didn't want to push the buttons. So, but we also don't get a cool pin. Van Hammer, you're letting me down. This thing gets a two. Charlie, man, what did you think? Of this? Wow, what did I think? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I like I like Van Hammer's generic phrases that he says to the camera. Like, uh, yeah, I wrote I wrote two of them. Heavy metal's here to stay, baby. <laughs> In 1991, which is great. And just like, wow, he's so out of touch. And then he, like, <laughs> I swear, he ran out of options as soon as he said that because the very next thing he said was. Uh, it's the Rock of Ages. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, all the hysteria. Don't they, yeah. don't they make a fucking Death Leopard joke? I don't remember. I don't remember hearing it, but that was good enough for me. Um, it, I swear, it looks. I wrote. I don't. I don't remember what. Yeah, this had to must must have had something to do with the first spot. <laughs> But I wrote Doug's. This must be Doug's first day walking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to remember what it was because the only move that looks even remotely acceptable is a power slam that uh, Van Hammer does. I do remember that. But like, like whatever the first thing was, not good. (laughs) Van Hammer. I'll just tell you, I loved this match. I really did. like Van Hammer goes for a suplex, a, a how do I word this? He goes for a slingshot suplex, mm-hmm. but it turns into a slingshot brain buster. <laughs> I don't think that was the move that he used to like beat him, but I do I, I do have this written down. Uh, he covers him, and it's a two count. But it's a three. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, this was uh, this was one of my favorite things all night. I had so much fun watching this. Uh, I, I really did. I couldn't wait to talk about it because I, mean, I was almost in tears. And then and then I I, 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 I like I got inspired. I, I YouTubed Van Hammer, and there was a shoot interview with Tony Schiavone. <gasps> I almost sent it to you, but I was like, I can just tell you. So he's like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, everyone was very nice to me when I first came to WCW. This is Tony Schiavone. And he's like, everyone was great. Except Van Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Like, why would Van Hammer be mean to you? And he's like, he said, he's like, I was watching Van Hammer, like talking to one of his opponents for whatever night it was. And he was calling the match. He said, Van Hammer would call his matches. It didn't make any sense. He was a rookie. And it was just sounding awful. And then and then Van Hammer caught me looking at him, and he and Van Hammer goes, "You got something to say?" 
And Tony goes, oh, no, oh, no. But then Tony goes, but I actually had a lot to say. <laughs> like, you go ahead and put on your shitty match. <laughs> like, Tony fucking buries Van Hammer <laughs> in the shoot interview. Uh, Van Hammer is so weird. And, like, the jackhammer thing, I, I honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. It went right over my head. I didn't even connect it to Van Hammer. <laughs> I, didn't, I was just so like, what is this? Uh, I do like the idea of them like making a tombstone. That would have been kind of cool, but I don't think pretty boy uh, Rick Sanchez. What's his name? Tom, Doug, Doug Summers. Summers. <laughs> Doug Summers. So, you know, they say that he's going to wrestle uh, pretty boy Doug Summers. And immediately I'm like, oh, man, what's this guy look like? And they show his face, and I'm like, that guy's a two at best. uh, But the match itself, uh, I gave this a five. I feel like very fun. I feel like they were in Chattanooga amongst the Braves fans, and they were looking around (laughs) trying to find in their natural habitat. (laughs) They were trying to find a replacement. To rest for for Michael Hayes, who apparently just said, "I don't want to wrestle tonight," and they went into a deli, and then there he was. <laughs> and, and yeah, like, Chattanooga is known for its delis. <laughs> he's, and his Braves fans. He's like, "Hey man, you want to work for ninety seconds? Here's fifty bucks." It's like, "All right, man. When was the last time we took a bump? Seventy <laughs> three." Because I mean, immediately he gets whipped so hard he nearly collapses. Like I mean, it's just <laughs> that's it, what I'm saying. It's just un, un, oh my god! He, it seemed guy. like his shoelaces were tied together the whole match. Like, <laughs> what a grip! His internal dialogue for every move could have been fuck, <laughs> fuck. It's, it's like, the Rock of Ages, baby. All they had to do was sit there and go, and Doug Summers won our Ride a Heavy Metal riff for Van Hammer and won the opportunity to face him tonight how we have it. Wait, it wait, just... wait. That, that fat bitch didn't have to wrestle PN News. What's up with that? <laughs> Van Hammer is so lame. He gets on the second turnbuckle with his fake guitar and does the spinning thing. I hate that. Around... Like, like the revolution, and I'm like, you are are awful. <laughs> I've never seen people do that with Guitar Hero, let alone like like never. I've never seen anybody. Oh, Kyle did it once. It flew <laughs> across the whole room. Well, oh, idiot. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Um, we have it on camera too. It, it went into the kitchen. So uh, I, I, the thing that made me laugh the absolute hardest though. After that brain buster was the fact that like he he kicks out a three like like this guy needed he needed this still got something because he was like man I, intestinal fortitude I need to hit the armory this Friday I might, might might be able to get a few extra bucks out of that main event I almost kicked out of Van Hammer's move shit uh, I gave it a one this is so bad it's so much fun you gave it a one yeah it's 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 terrible but it's so much fun like like I I, I I I will. This I I never had more fun the whole show. Yeah, than watching this. Match. I, I know, like it it truly is, but because a lot of it is like God, Van Hammer sucks. <laughs> Just the, suck. there's a real like quality to this. Like there, there very few times will I ever watch a wrestling match and think, yeah, it does. Wrestling matches don't have a movie quality like that. Yeah, but now they do. <laughs> like, hell. I would like th- that's a real work of art for for Van Hammer to pull this off. <laughs> mm. 
Poor Doug Summers. Like, to be so bad, and yet I, I, I just I have to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so that um, will shift us now into our Flying Brian and Richard Morton promos, which are just as typical face and heel as you can get for their upcoming light heavyweight title match to decide the first light heavyweight champion at WCW. That is the next match that is up. I believe that is... Charlie, is that yours? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Because, Jason, did you just... <laughs> to, here we go. William Rankin spot of the night here. Uh, Jason, there it did, is. You, did, did you... Did yeah. You, you did, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. I kicked off with Van Hammer. Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. What do you think of this one, Chuck? Walk us through this uh, this title match. The light heavyweight title. Okay. Yes, sir. <clears throat> First of all, I think it kind of looks like the TV title a little bit uh, when they pull, when they pull it up. Uh, but you know, it's just, I don't even remember this title, so I can't imagine it being around for too long. Um, eight matches in, the referee cam returns, and wait, why did I write that? Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, York Foundation note that I used earlier was here. Um, I was really looking forward to this. Brian, like these, Brian Pillman, he can have a, match, a good match with pretty much anybody, and so can Ricky Morton. Um, but apparently, they can't have a good match together. Uh, there are so so many rest spots, so many. I, it, it just sucked the, all the fun, just completely out of this. That it's really the only thing I even remember from the match. Um, I think uh, I think Pillman got it with a cross body, but overall, I. I, I I was not a fan of this. I gave this a three. Real quick, Charlie, was it did was it Richard Morton doing the rest spots? Like he's the one putting the guy putting Pillman in the hole in the rest spots. Yeah, that's what as I, I recall. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of like like chin locks and and arm related moves, and it's just like Jesus. Like anytime the match almost started get going, uh, it would stop. Gotcha. And it just wasn't fun. Jason, what do you think of this? <clears throat> uh, man, well. And Manuel. Uh, Say Manuel. That's right. So at some point, Alexander York looks at Richard Morton and says, do what I pay you to do. So this whole time, Alexander York's been paying these guys to lose. Constant. <laughs> if you're paying them, fire them. Jesus, you've got Tommy Thomas Rich or whatever the fuck he's called now. We haven't seen oh, – excuse me, I'm wrong. He was in that battle royal. But – you decided to pay Tommy Rich, Jesus lady. You don't need that money. Um, you're bad. He won the world it. title back in '83. Yeah, '81, uh, which is also the oh, same. Bill, yeah, Bill Kazmaier, all his world records were set which, in '81. Tommy Rich no one from used. Georgia. Go Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> Go Braves. <laughs> um, okay, so it's Chattanooga, Tennessee. Richard Morton's home state. They're not cheering for him because he's not a brave. <laughs> Sorry, you know, we don't like we don't like people from here. Yeah, it's people. So, um, <laughs> Brian Pillman jumps or does something. Richard Morton moves out of the way, and Pillman somehow outsmarts him, and he's on the top rope, getting to getting ready to jump at him. And Pillman looks at the crowd and does the whole shh, like what the crowd's going to say, "Watch out, Richard Morton," because clearly they're fans. <laughs> 
I hate it when wrestlers do that. Like when Big Show would do it before he chopped somebody, that's okay because it's like I want you to hear this, not the oh I'm sneaking on this guy. Because seriously, when do fans or excuse me, when do wrestlers listen to fans? I was at an NXT show. I made eye contact with Shinsuke Nakamura and I yelled, "Watch out behind you! It's Bobby Roode!" And he didn't listen. <laughs> you were very specific in the attack. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's him. And we were eye contact, Charlie. It was weird. Man, uh, I felt it. But, you know, it's also at this point that maybe the ref eye cam is not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) They try it. And it's great. I think in in theory, it's great. Like, let's see from the ref's point of view for a pin. Fantastic, right? Except the camera's on one side of the helmet. And it's the part that seems to get buried behind his arm. When he lays down to check. So we're just getting this great view of Nick Patrick's right bicep um, while this is going on. Uh, Brian Pillman's Courage Award is the Mikey Whipwreck once beat Stone Cold Steve Austin of this season. It's brought up every time this dude is on stage. Um, but it's, uh, let's see. Jim Rostin says every seat at Halloween Havoc has been sold, but I guess everyone hasn't shown up yet. Um, because there's a lot of empty seats out there. And we get uh, Brian Pillman for the win with, you know, you would think it's the light heavyweight title. Match. It's going to be a high-impact, fast when Brian's in control. Richard Morton, of course, is going to try to ground him like he does. Doesn't seem to happen. That's just really, really boring for what I thought it was going to be. Uh, give it a four. Quick correction. Tommy Rich is from Hendersonville, Tennessee. I was incorrect. I just wanted to put oh, that up. So you still a Braves fan though. From just now, <laughs> um, no, I said that because he wrestled in Georgia, Georgia Championship Wrestling. That's why I just wanted to <clears throat> want to head that off at the pass. Um, I, I, um, I felt like these were two guys trying to wrestle two different matches. Like Pillman's like, man, let's keep this going. Let's really pump up the uh, the energy, the volume to this. And Richard's like, you let's know what? Let's the show. <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's bring it back down to earth, there, cowboy. Let's uh, let's put in a few chin locks and you know uh, a couple rest spots, a couple hundred rest rest spots, and uh, that'll get the crowd really into it. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of with you guys. Like I I feel bad because if you look, the commentary is like they're putting over every achievement Brian Pillman's ever done, from his spelling bee in the eighth grade to fucking wrestling for. <laughs> Spelling being the eighth grade. <laughs> I think those stops <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> it wouldn't be great. Fourteen years old. It's spelling. Wouldn't be great. So that that movie with Richard Gere was called Pillman and the Bee. <laughs> remember Aquila and the Bee was that? Yes, was, I remember okay. Aquila and the Bee. All right. Uh, well, um, uh, I. <laughs> I I just couldn't get over like Pillman's accomplished like everything everything he's ever done like I mean that's that was one thing I noticed on the commentary it's like man this match needs to be really good then and it just kind of falters I gave it a four it's eh, I just I, I would I was really hoping that this one was gonna steal it like I really I really thought without them saying it, I was like this is the match besides Bobby and Terrence Taylor what they're thinking I think this one would be the one to steal it and it didn't but that's all right they all can't be winners. Right. No, they can't. None of them can. When they go to Tony and uh, 
JR. JR really thinks Cincinnati is celebrating this win. Like, it's all out brawl in the streets, get the beer. You know, it's all out. Tony just kind of laughs at it. Like, ah. He kind of does the Richard Karn. I don't think so, Jim. <laughs> Which brings us to... I don't think... <laughs> It'd be great if Shivani had a beard and he had on the flannel for his Halloween outfit for a show that hasn't started yet. <laughs> had, it? <clears throat> had it? I think it had. I think, I think 91 was the first year. Gotcha. All right, so mm-hmm. here we go. Up next... It is the Z-Man taking on the man that everyone's been looking for. They want to find out who he is. It's the WCW Phantom. The Z-Man cam returns. He reminds yes. us of the show. He is lighter. He is in a good mood. This is a. It seems like Z-Man's turned over a new leaf. The Phantom comes out to Phantom of the Opera Music. Uh, has a lot of choices for in-between moves. But once you see that first forearm... You pretty much have a good idea who this man is. <laughs> and then, especially when he does a reverse neckbreaker, that Shivani's like, you know what? That's like a rude awakening. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> and Jim like Ross, he said that. I love that Jim Ross like, uh, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, uh. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, this is pretty much just a very quick squash. Like it's it's funny because when when we find when we get the full reveal later, you're just I go back and I went back and I looked at some of what he was doing in between spots. I was like, man, I've never seen Rick Rude do some of this outrageous shit that he has to do in between moves to try and like make you think that, whoa, who could this wild maniac be? Well, I gave this a three. It's whatever. Um Jason, what did you think of this? I want all you sweat hog opera fans to stand and see what a real tenor looks like. That's because, you know, I didn't know who the fuck it was at first. And then as soon as I saw the mustache, I was like, oh, he's here. And Gerard Butler goes right after the Z-Man, taking him down. Um, it, this, there's nothing to talk about <laughs> other than it's who could this man be? And I think it's funny because when he's coming out, you know, he's all covered up. They're playing the stuff. He takes the cape off, and they immediately go, oh, wait, this is a big deal. Because <laughs> Z-Man's a pretty big guy, and this guy's much taller than Z-Man is. Maybe Z-Man shouldn't have lost those seven pounds because um, he might have stood a chance. Yeah, this gets a three. Charlie, what'd you think? <sighs> Boy, yeah, um, parts and weight unknown. Oh. Like you really could, couldn't just ask the Phantom to just step on this scale that's right over here. <laughs> no, it'll reveal where I'm from. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's not going to be like, aha, he's a Braves fan too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You beat me to it. <laughs> so uh, I have. Um, let's talk about the evolution of commentary in professional wrestling in regards to who is that man? I don't recognize him. Uh, it doesn't look familiar to me. Why, why aren't they allowed to just say it? I, I mean, I know that they're trying to keep it a secret, but it makes them look so stupid when it's a guy like this who, I'll be honest, I didn't know who this was at first, but it didn't take me long. This was the most obvious who is that man uh, I have ever seen in pro wrestling. I knew within about 30 seconds. 
that it was Rick Rude. And it, I should have known by the forearms. Uh, but no, I, when they zoomed in on his face, if he was Batman, it, the, the police would have him in 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, Rick Rude is the Batman. Guys, we got to get over to ravishing Rick Rude's house. He's he Batman. is. It's so obviously Rick Rude when he stares right at the hard cam. You know, like it's not even the mustache, just his eyes. I'm like, that's ravishing Rick Rude. You know, and and it's like, and here I am, a wrestling fan. You know, they can pick that out, and boy, this doesn't look familiar. Yeah, and it just it just kind of drives me nuts that they have to play dumb, and Tony Schiavone has to say shit like, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but uh, that kind of looked like the Rude Awakening. And who does the Rude Awakening, Tony? Just fucking say it. Like if you're gonna go. If you're going to fucking go that far and say the rude awakening, you know, like, oh, that was a honky tonk man. You know, like just it, it's pretty boy Doug Summers. It's, yeah, I knew there was more to him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole last match was just a buffoonery. <laughs> but no, it's just he says rude awakening. And I'm like, and who does it? And he won't say it. And it just I hate when pro wrestling does this because it just makes me feel so stupid. You know, like watching this as a kid. Um, let's see. Uh, I do like that the mask, the, the, his mask reminded me of a black and white cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Racial harmony with the Halloween phantom. Yeah, I, I, I did like that. Uh, the match is, is just terrible. Poor Z, man. You know, he gets his camera back and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then he just gets annihilated. By a guy who, like, like, let's face it, I think it's funny later on in the show, Rick Rude makes a comment about how small Sting is. Wasn't that always kind of the stigma with Rick Rude was that he was too small? Because when he's like next to, to Z-Man, Z-Man's bigger than he is. And so it looks a little weird for this to be a squash match and to have Rick Rude just absolutely just have his way with him. Uh, I, I ended up giving this a two. Which then now that brings us to a t- it's not title versus title, but man, it would have been fun if it was. The U.S. Tag Team Champions, <laughs> the uh, the Patriots, are taking on the World Tag Team Champions, the Braves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just thought it was fun. The U.S. Tag Champs, the Patriots, taking on uh, the Enforcers, Arn Anderson, Larry Zbyszko, Jason. What do you think of this? Well, is this the first time that we get to see? the U.S. title holders get a world title shot in any singles or tags division I think on our show? I think it's close, man. I think it is. I think it might be, actually, because we were waiting for this with the Steiners and Doom, I felt like, for, for ages. Yep. Like, we would see, like, a, the, the U.S. I think there was, like, a champion versus champion, but I don't think anything was on the line. So, finally, it pays off to hold those belts. Um, Zabisco is noisy. It's not just talking noise constantly. He does not fucking stop. Um, I, I was a big fan of smug Arn Anderson when he gets the tag to come on in. Like, finally, he's like, I'm not Ric Flair's shadow. I can have personality. <laughs> I don't have much. Um, so I don't get it. The whole thing of uh, was it Zabisco or Arn that said that Firebreaker Chip was too oily? And he said he's too oily. And Tony Schiavone said, is that a rule, JR, Jim Ross? Is that a rule that you can be too oily? And Jim Ross said, if it was a problem, I think the ref would wipe him down. 
That's what I want to see in a championship match. Stop. Stop. I got to wipe this motherfucker down. He's so shiny. Uh, it, it at least would have added some element of fun for this match. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me that Todd Champion's the one that gets worked over the whole time. You know, that'd be like watching a New Age Outlaw match and Billy Gunn's the one in there getting beat up and makes the hot tag to <laughs> Road Dog. You're going to see the juke and jive a couple of yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you know, but hey, whatever, whatever. I mean, because Firebreaker Chip's a pretty huge dude, too. It's just it, weird. Uh, it's This is a clinic of we're veterans. We're dudes that are like in, in 1950s good shape versus jacked dudes. And we're out. <laughs> every That's a great other, way to put it. Yeah. Every other second, we're just outsmarting you, which is fine. I, 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 I enjoy seeing that because it shows, you know, unlike Pony Shivani said earlier, it takes more than athleticism. Pony Shivani said earlier, it takes more than grit and determination. It also takes experience. Like, whatever. <laughs> that goes for any job. Yes. That goes that's literally us. any job. Wrestling. It's like, it's a good sense of comedic timing. That's why he's such a great wrestler. Um, but the Spinebuster is the finisher. All right, cool. Uh, the Enforcers win. This gets a three. Uh, Charlie, what did you think of this? What is this weird fucking thing that Zabisco does right when the match starts? Like, Because it, it looks like something out of the 1950s. Uh, like He's like approaching... Uh, who? whoever it is, uh, Firebreaker Chip, and he's like doing kind of like back and forth walking thing. He look he looks like a gorilla like, <laughs> when he's doing this. And I'm just like, and, and, and he's hairy as hell as it is. And I'm just like, God, Larry, like Lawrence, what are you doing? Um, I really don't have anything else written other than two, two things. One, the spine buster was cool. Although for a finish, I was like, yeah, that's a finish for, for guys who aren't even on the mid card. Um, but, this little exchange between JR and Tony Schiavone had me rolling. Uh, there, it's in regards to Larry Zabisco, and he's talking, and Zabisco's talking and just doing whatever, and JR goes, oh, he's always got something to say. To which Schiavone replies, oh, he's a miserable person. <laughs> Broadcast partner in a few years. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, Tony. Yeah, like, like we're going to have to be putting up with that for uh, Nitro. Uh, but no, this, this is... This is bad, man. This is really bad. <laughs> I gave the, I like the Kazmaier match from last month more than this. Uh, I gave this a three. I'm very close. I have it at a four. The only thing, the, the the one positive I want to put on this, I thought they they did a pretty good job of shining them up. Like they made them actually look not like those guys who got killed or got. Would they lose the Freebirds? We watched them lose. Um, yeah, yeah, and they just that that was definitely not a a good match, but. What I I loved was I loved the watching. Like, it's fun watching veterans like try and put over younger talent in a way where it's not like, well, you aren't going to win the match, but we'll at least make it look like you know you guys are hanging with us. Considering they are the U.S. Tag Team Champions, not to say this thing was a great match by any means, but I just thought it was it was kind of cool seeing that. Um, but I'm at a four. Nothing nothing too crazy. Like unfortunately, like the the. The title matches have been a little wonky. Like it seems like right now, like between all three of them, the TV title match is the one that's kind of leading the way until we get to this point coming up. I think. All right, now here comes 
really cool part of the show. This was awesome. Because Bischoff has Polly Dangerously and Medusa on the ramp. Uh, Polly is hot. He is hot. And he spills the beans on being removed as the co-host of WCW. But he has a, a manager's license. And, he, and his goal, he is going to make WCW pay by taking out their best stars. So he brings out the guy um, who he says is watching the World Series. He's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> With the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> it is the WCW Phantom. And Paulie reveals the Phantom to be, as we were talking about, ravishing Rick Rude. But the music keeps playing <laughs> over <laughs> over Rick Rude as he tries Uh-oh. to cut his promo. And Rick Rude is like, I'm not stopping. So I'm going to keep going. If, if there was ever a, a perfect time to do a cut the music, yes. uh, like, like this would have been it. And, and he won't do it. He just keeps going. Um. He brings in a you know a few good lines you know I mean like he he is being matched up against Sting that is going to be his primary target to start off with that I don't think they really um I don't think they really mention but they don't mention Dangerous Alliance yet do they no but this is no. definitely the start of it and so, it's it's really so good. how many how many feuds is Sting in now God man I wrote that it's a ton. Yeah, like he's got a great program going with Cactus, and then it's like, oh no, no, no! Like we got to get Rick Rude in on this, I'm and like, we don't know who's well, sending you packages. Yeah, yeah, who's sending the Was packages? Was it Paulie? He, he's he's he, Abdullah's in on this. Uh, I guess the Kozlov, or, or, or sorry, Koloff thing is done. Uh, Luger, like that's kind of in the back burner. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. It really I is. Mean, he, <laughs> and and, none, and nothing is for the world title. <laughs> like, and who, like, the problem is, who can betray him when they're already wrestling him? <laughs> I already don't like it. Like, I'm not even going to waste time pretending to be your friend. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry, Borden. It's, it's also not a good idea to come, you know what, we're going to, I'm going to bring WCW down to its knees. So I'm just going to start with Sting. No, no, you're, you're doomed. You're doomed. Yeah, you are doomed. It's there's there's no other way to put it. It's uh, I mean maybe go after the Z Man first. I mean let's get your well, feet wet. You got him. Well, <laughs> exactly. I guess they proved my point. You go from Z Man <laughs> to Sting. That's that's the that's the ladder. Now that the Rick Rude or excuse me now Lex is the heel. Um, it just doesn't. I don't know. It it doesn't make a lot of sense with that, but. You know, maybe Sting is the bad guy since everyone seems to not. I know. Like- I know. I thought the same thing. And, and well, can I also point out, like, because I didn't think of this while I was watching it, but uh, this this image I have in my head of, of Rick Rude pretending to be the Phantom, like when he first came to the ring for that Z-Man match, and he's like covering his face like he's hideous. I'm just imagining Rick Rude doing all that kind of blocking shenanigans w- just as Rick Rude, <laughs> and and it looks really weird. Like, in my head. <laughs> Just seeing him move like that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Ha-ha! He's just got the lyric mystery of the night airbrushed on his butt, and he's just, like, flexing. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I hope he feuds with Dustin and puts his grandma on his tights. Uh, <laughs> or, or is it Lady Blossom? We can't tell. Right. <laughs> I'll take either. Oh, yeah. So that takes us now to a video package of Ron Simmons going back to FSU to train for his match against Lex Luger. They even give us a little bit of the Bobby Bowden from last show. But they are really going all in to show you this guy is credible. They're going they, they are giving you every every ounce of energy they can to make to convince you that this guy is the next and it's it's pretty good. Like I mean I'm not gonna lie, like I I, I kinda find myself rooting for Ron Simmons too, because he's he, he is very likable. But um our match for the WCW world title, it is a best two out of three falls, accompanied by Dusty Rhodes will be Ron Simmons taking on Lex Luger accompanied by Harley Race and Mr. Hughes. So I think that leaves us with um is that is that Charlie? Is this you? Probably. Uh, who did the did I do the who did the tag match? I did. Alright. I'm all <laughs> over the I'm all over the place today, man. I'm not feeling well either, but I'm I'm but damn it, I, we're pro wrestlers, man. We get through it. You know, we uh, we push yeah, through. We, move I love it. we don't give them podcast while sick. <laughs> right. We don't give them time off. We don't even send them to the hospital. They get their ass in the ring. <laughs> well, sometimes. <Jesus. laughs> right. You got to put your arm in a sling. <laughs> all right. So, Charlie, this is all you. Two out of three falls for the world title. I'm going to try not to upset people here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, why is Dusty with Ron Simmons? <laughs> I know. What is, I mean, they did have him at the contract thing. They, so it's not like I they, understand. That's true. <laughs> but why was he there? Right. Okay. Maybe I can answer this. I don't know why I'm uh, to let everyone know. I'm physically raising my hand. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just noticed it too. I was like, oh wow. Um, okay. If the only reason that I could see that Dusty would be there with Ron Simmons. They bring it up is two of the three times Dusty was world heavyweight champion. He beat Harley race. And so Harley race is Lex's mentor for some reason. What better way to to have the person who's beat him a few times in your corner? That's the only thing I can think. That's not bad. Or I just need to get over more with the fans because I'm Dusty and I'm the booker and I need to, (laughs) or is Dusty trying to make it acceptable for the fans to like Ron Simmons? Because that's how it's coming off to me. Well, they are oh. Braves fans. Wow. Oh. You see where I'm like, going with it. I know where you're going with it. I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to get in that boat. But, I mean, Jesus. I see what you're getting at, though. Like, it's it, – I mean, they have done – I done would not be surprised yeah. if that's what it was. I mean, it's, it's like – it's okay to cheer for him. It really is. Yeah. He's a hero for all of us. It's the same company that said that, that crap. That's Ron true. Simmons has plenty of has plenty of charisma on his own. He doesn't need Dusty Rhodes. Right. In fact, I think it would be better if he was fighting everyone by himself and won. You know, it's just it's just a little strange. And I, I now, granted, I, I give WCW all the credit in the world. The, uh, the WWF wasn't doing anything like this at the time. You know, with with a black wrestler going for the world title and being credible and getting the push of a lifetime, you know, WCW is great for that. But and maybe maybe it's not even their fault. Maybe it's a sign of the times. You know, like like with, I mean, Grant, and you don't think of like 
racism being a huge deal back in the early 90s. But pro wrestling, things exist a little differently with pro wrestling. You know? It's, yeah. And, I mean, anyway, it's just something. It, it, to put Dusty Rhodes with Ron Simmons, like, that's the part that's just wild to me. I'm like, you couldn't get any more different. Like, you got Ron Simmons, one of the most jack-looking motherfuckers I've ever seen. Like, like just a true athlete. And you got fat-ass Dusty Rhodes with, <laughs> with, with, with his with his razor bladed all fucked up forehead and then just, it just, no, it like, it just doesn't fit, but maybe it doesn't fit the Lex Luger's with Harley race. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. So they are former USFL teammates. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the sports references. Yeah. They get pretty heavy in this match, but I, 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 I it just, it's weird that we've never heard this before. You know, like, like I would think they would be harping on this one even at that press conference. Um, I forgot that Luger called his pile driver the attitude adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the original AA. And uh, we'll get to that move later. Um, once, like, I thought this was weird for, for Ron Simmons. I mean, not that Ron to win the first fall. That's usually how these things work. But he won it with a spine buster which was the exact same move that Arn Anderson and Larry Zbysko won with in the previous match. And it's a different spine buster. I love Ron Simmons's too, but I just thought that was a little strange. Yeah. And this is what, this is what begins uh, Lex Luger. He, and he really does sell this, this back problem that he's had. As it, it, it almost seems real. Because after like every little break or something like that, Luger's in the corner just heaving. Like he seems like he's having a really difficult time uh, getting through this. Um, this was when I noticed. I don't remember what it was that Tony said, but Jr. does not care for Tony's sports references. Uh, he just he, he basically does. He says everything except just flat out no. Like just no, Tony. Like this is dumb. I think it had something to do with John Smoltz. Yeah. It, something to do with that. Uh, all right, this is where I'm. I'm either going to win people over or uh, push them the hell away. Here we go. Um, here we go. Yeah, because it's like typically ninety percent of two out of three falls matches, they always go to the third fall, always. And it's like, how's Luger going to going to get one over on Ron? Because Ron is pretty much in control of this match and doing really well. Um, so I'll break this down. Uh, Ron Simmons is leaning against the rope. Lex Luger runs off of the opposite ropes to do, I guess, like a flying cross body like against a wrestler that's like, that's on the ropes. And what happens is Harley Race grabs Ron Simmons' tights to hold him in the ring, and Luger goes flying over the top rope. I guess Luger's idea was to cross body Ron Simmons over the top rope, and they both go together. I don't know. But either way, because Ron Simmons remained in the ring and didn't almost kill himself by going outside with Lex Luger, he gets disqualified because Luger went over the top rope. This was a judgment call. This is the first time in the entire night that a wrestler has been legitimately uh, has gone over the top rope and and there's been a disqualification call, even though Luger was the one doing the offensive move. I think this is beyond stupid. And I think Nick Patrick was even involved in one of those other two matches that had the over the top thing. And 
and he and, and they were way more like, oh my god, that's a DQ, than this is, which makes him look like a racist. I'm sorry, it just it just <laughs> looks so stupid. It does. It's so it dumb. Like, and here it is. Here's where the fucking bombs come. Because what were the other two? It was a clothesline over the top rope and a fucking hip toss over the top rope. And like, nope, referee's discretion. Those are fine. But here we are in the world title match. The match that that this pay-per-view was sold on other than the Chamber of Horrors. And Luger does an offensive move to Ron Simmons, flies over the top rope. Harley Race, I guess, just knew that if he kept Ron Simmons in the ring, that that would make Nick Patrick call a DQ on Ron Simmons. It looks stupid, and like I said, it makes him look like a racist because that shit did not happen earlier with a truly offensive move happening from one of the other wrestlers. A hip toss over the top rope, now you're fine. Oh, oh, you didn't want to go flying over the top rope and possibly break your neck on the way down? Well, you're getting DQ to fall. Fuck you. I hate this this almost ruined the fucking match for me. Like they could have found a much easier way to to convolute a pinfall or a, or, or some they, like like here you go. Here's one right off the top of my head. Ron Simmons suplexes Luger from the outside of the ring inside, and Harley Race pulls Ron's leg and holds his leg down, a la Sergeant Slaughter Ultimate Warrior. Like that's a much better thing to do than this. And I'm sick of this DQ rule. Like this is finally when I just fucking lost it. So. This is when Tony Schiavone mentions that if Ron had gone over the top rope, it would have been a DQ. I've, I've never heard of these fucking rules before. I wrote in all caps, fucking stupid. Luger as a Luger just seems gassed at this point. Uh, it, he just it seems like he's just really slow. This is when he starts bleeding. Uh, R- Ron Simmons does an, a great superplex off the top. There's a power slam, but Luger wins with the attitude adjustment, which once again is betrayed in the finish. They make it sound like it's a shoulder move. I don't understand it. Uh, despite that bullshit with the second fall and Luger winning this match, even though I do think Ron Simmons should have won here. I really, I really wish he'd won this match. Um, despite that second fall DQ nonsense, I really do think this was the best match on the card. Uh, I gave this a six. All right, Jason, what do you think? God, how do you follow that? Sorry, Jason. Oh, no, it's okay, because I can. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Because... you done it. <laughs> that's right. To piggyback um, off of, I did not know that Charlie was going to go this route, about Nate Patrick being a racist, he clearly <laughs> looks at Mr. Hughes and says, you have to go to the back. <laughs> oh, no. no, he did. Oh, yes, you God. have to go to the back. And then he does it. You have to go to the back. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, uh, that's great. See, and, uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. No ref I cam, you know, with Nick Patrick says he's the big, his, his skull was the one that helmet was molded for. Apparently is the only one that can read it. He probably uh, looks to run Simmons and he sees a Roddy Piper season. They live <laughs> like, like that's, Oh my God! <laughs> He's walking around. It's a good thing we didn't see That's what he puts on the It's a good. It's just a referee cam. Oh, we talk oh. about how Ron Simmons gets DQ'd, and then Nick Patrick. That goes over to check on and run, run. Instead of getting mad about the DQ, goes, man, he's poking my eye. I'm watching. I'm watching. Yes, uh, yes. that's what Nick Patrick says. I'm, I'm watching. watching. 
I'm watching. They should yeah. not have had those cameras in the corner because Dusty sounds like a moron. Like the way he's trying <laughs> to motivate him. He might as well say, "Hit the one in the middle." <laughs> you you gotta cut me, Dust. You gotta cut me. Okay. Pulls her. No, no. Uh, starts cutting his forehead out of habit. Uh, yeah, the the those two being on the same team in the AFL. Jim Ross goes. So they had some the real intense blocking drills. That doesn't. So what? Okay. <laughs> I'm just real, kidding, Jason. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. No, no. What, what did you say? I was like, "What's the AFL?" <laughs> oh, whatever it is. I don't know. That the Arena Football League? Yeah. Might be yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I I don't care. Here's the point. They were on some team, and. <laughs> Ron Simmons was a defensive lineman, and Lex Luger was an offensive lineman or vice versa. I don't know. I don't care. But they had some intense blocking drills. That is not – to me, that doesn't build anything else up in this at all. Um, but somehow, Lex Luger's GPA has managed to lower since the last time his GPA was brought up. Um, now I think he said 3.7. Um, he did. Still, still remember – He's uh he dropped out of college early, but he still graduated with with uh, an over four four point something last time we heard about it. NASA three point seven. I mean, by the time it's done, he's going to be a washout with like credits left. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it is like the spinebuster being the first fall um, is weird because we just saw it. Lex's selling of it is really good, and I thought it was like a legit thing because Lex doesn't sell that well. Um, you know, did he land wrong on his kidneys or whatever? Because he is, he's looking at it pretty bad. Um, Jim Ross is nerd bullying Tony Schiavone because he doesn't know who's pitching uh, right now for the Braves. That's it. The ninth, the ninth inning, you know, because instead of paying attention, he's doing his fucking job. Um, so because it's like John Smokes, no, or Glad, no, Glad, no, it's John Smokes, just all over him. It's it, just Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. A three-minute rest hold, which rest holds are a common thing in two out of three fall matches because they're most of them are going to go long. I get it; just three minutes is way too long. Uh, um, I'm not sure what the fuck happened to Lex's eye for it to start bleeding, um, but we get that DQ, and you know, I mean, Charlie, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, but the other match, one of the, the light heavyweight championship, I think, is the one where there was like a clear clothesline or something. And that Nick Patrick was the ref in because of the ref eye camp, and he doesn't call it here. Again, that's stupid. Um, Jim Ross is also that's not right. That's not right. Wasn't Jim Ross all over uh, Antonio Inoki? Was oh my show. god! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He so, was all over that. All over. Yeah. So you know, make up your mind. Um, this is the cameras in the corners is a bad idea because Harley Race doesn't say shit. He just, he's there, just like, uh huh, yeah, uh, I got this idea, right? So it's Christmas Eve and a cop and his wife have been separated. And he's like, just giving fucking <laughs> Lex his, his movies. And Lex is just like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is stupid. Who's ever heard of one minute rest in between falls? That's not how we did it in my day. I just gave Steve Austin a chiropractic maneuver in the back with a towel, <laughs> talking about it 30 years on his podcast. Uh, so, don't know how an atomic drop is not considered a low blow. 
I don't get it. I've, I've never, never understood what the atomic drop is supposed to hurt. So I thought it was supposed to be like like that, like the tail, like the ass, your tail. Well, bone. if you do it from behind, sure. Yeah, but, but if you do, do the reverse atomic drop, yeah, you do the regular atomic drop, you're crushing nuts. The problem too um, is the, 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 the inverted atomic drop looks so phony. Like when most guys do it, that like it looks like it's supposed to be kind of a low blow, and the way they sell it, it, it also. You're talking about when they're be- when they're belly to belly. Or, yeah, yeah. Whenever they do the inverted atomic drop, like Sean is another one of these guilty say, guys. <laughs> you took it right out of my mouth. It was like he, he's the worst. I, just, I never yeah. liked that move. So, nope. Um, so then we get that third fall, which you know it, it the the replay did mess it up, but it's a good. I will give Shivani and Jim Ross credit on this. It's a good quick quick call to use where Ron shoulder tackled the ring. Uh, post for some reason and bullshit that that ring moved. My God, the ring moved. We can see it. We're not blind. We did not. The ring did not move. <coughs> Fucking idiot. Stop talking to us like we're stupid. Um, but so when he does that pile driver and lands on that same shoulder, uh, it's all right. Um, I forgot that this is not where Ron wanted. So I was a little shocked for a second. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so here we go. It's a WCW pay-per-view. Fans, we're not out of time. We have plenty of time to do a recap <laughs> at length. It's still no update on Barry Windham. <laughs> I guess he's not going to make it. We have Robert Stack. No, we have like, no fucking clue how this guy's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's in Saudi Arabia. We can't talk about him right now. Um, but they have that, and it has like... These are the longest end credits I think I've ever seen on a wrestling show. It's like I just I had to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's oh a Marvel movie. I was waiting on a PS to come back and it somehow link us to Infinity War. Just I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'll, this was good. Like nits and gripes, it it felt like a huge deal with the match. Um, I, you know, having the seconds in the ring is kind of dumb, but you know, I, again, it always you always hear, oh, it's a big fight feel. I gave this bad boy six. I'm right. I um, I'm at a seven on it. I love this match. I think it's it was really really good. And it actually paid off that video package and all that crap. Like it, I believe Ron Simmons could be the world champion, uh, and it's a great credit to Lex Luger. He sells so well in this match. It's very believable. His back is in bad shape. Um, that that DQ is just the worst. I was. I honestly thought, and I did, wasn't even thinking about the TV title match. I thought they were going to do the third fall would be some kind of draw. I didn't think Luger would outright win the match. Like two with out of three falls. cleanly. Yeah, I. I really was. I, it doesn't make Ron look good at all. Yeah, it. Yeah, it just it makes him look like oh he's inexperienced. He went for that football tack on the outside, knowing it could probably damage his shoulder. Boop. That's what they did. His attitude adjustment pile driver, I was always a, a fan of in a way because it just it was a different pile driver. Like nobody else has really done a pile driver like that. And it's not to say that it's necessarily good because I I don't know. It's never really explained what his intention is with it. Like if it is to like like I I'm intentionally trying to drop this guy on his shoulder. Like I'm, that's my goal is to really work the shoulder in the pile driver, not you know fracture their neck or whatever. <laughs> With the That's my goal. Fracture the neck. <laughs> you know, I figured that the best way to beat Ron Simmons is to nearly kill him. But um, that's the, I, you guys have really pretty much covered everything else with the match. It was a really good finish for the show. Like, was, in terms of having a good quality match to end it, that was a good one to do it with. Um, Chuck, are you working on our numbers? Yep. 
Okay. So, um, I, I um, did, did anybody capture what some of the tombstones actually said? Because I didn't write them down, but they are actually, I, I remember at a distance, I was like, these don't make any sense. Like, they're just random. Nope. There was one for the Minnesota Twins, yep. um, which yep. means someone's going to go kill an entire baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> Bury them in a mass grave because they only get one. Um, the letters were written backwards on some of them for some reason. There was They looked like they were trying to be puns or inside jokes, but they weren't. There was yeah, like, they weren't even in on them. No. Like, it, it was... It was just real bad. <laughs> so remember in the game, making me really look forward it, to the Puppet Goblin. In Revenge, when they had the Halloween Havoc set, I think they were just wrestlers, right? Yeah, 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 like Hollywood Hogan stuff like that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but it was like it was weird rhymes, like just they things were that rhymes. Well, it was, it was, one of them was a rhyme. I remember that because I was like, I, well, what was that? There was one about a bear, like a, 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 a grizzly bear. I, I, I don't remember. It was just, it was dumb. It was just, there was no thought put into it at all. Your life's Kevin. He went to Big Josh's house. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that was like, here's some girl. She, it, it didn't say some girl. It was some lady's name. And it said, she gave it a whirl. And whirl was spelled W-H-U-R-L. Um so I was like, Whoa. is this an earned joke? <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. They were bad. Do you have the uh, – you got them tally, Charlie? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Um, well, Will, you have it at the highest with a 4.18. Jason, you are at the lowest with a 3.55. I have a 3.73. We gave this show a 3.82. Halloween Havoc 91 on cagematch.net is at 5.74. Well, not everyone's right. <laughs> I bet they're all from Chattanooga. <laughs> Damn. I don't feel like we rated it. I mean, like, talking about it, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than the numbers today. Yeah. But like Scott yeah, Steiner says, the numbers don't lie. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I give... I, I gave Pretty Boy a one, but that match is extremely enjoyable. Like it's an enjoyable one. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's. I wish it had audio commentary, like because I, I want to know like the inside story yeah. of that match. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the WWE uh, twenty four of Doug Summers. Twenty four, <laughs> Pretty Boy Doug Summers. <laughs> it's literally just a twenty four minutes. <laughs> oh man. All right, so you, know, you pulled out to wrestle, huh? Let's say being pulled out, <laughs> just the way they always have it set side camera shot. You know, everyone knows being pulled out of the crowd to become a wrestler is fantastic. You look at the long line of people that have done it: Santino, Steve Blackman, me. It's just Doug Summers to be crazy. <laughs> have you ever seen a woman man? <laughs> Oh no! He's the wrestler. <laughs> he does the ram jam, but but his legs just finger. get him tripped up, and he just. Bad <laughs> hammer says, "I'll. It's time to go home. Don't worry, I'll take care of us." <laughs> he just dies. 
somehow he just takes him and slaps his face into the meat slicers. <laughs> oh God! Oh wow! The boy now, Doug Summers. He's, he's gonna ruin those mediocre looks. <laughs> so up Marissa next, just a blind stripper with a heart of gold. <sighs> up next for the podcast, we have Clash of the Champions seventeen. Will be the next um, show that we'll be covering in season five here. So as always, you can find us on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. We're on Twitter at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rinkin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore Stabs. And we'll see you all for Clash of the Champions 17. Go Braves. <laughs>